Just for the Get Fresh crew. You reviewed the books, get shaved and dirty looks. Now that wrong town just say poo-poo. Poo-poo. Welcome back, all you DC super friends. This is the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Moore. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 380. 380, Eric? Must be. Endless staircase. Oh my god, Eric, we have a hybrid. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense anymore. Oh my goodness gracious, Eric. Must I, I be. Just... Endless staircase. Oh my, you sound like wrong term there. Hey everybody, welcome to the show here. The show of shows, as they call it. In episode 380, we have not missed a week in what appears to be seven lifetimes, Eric. Is that something to be proud of, or is that a sentence of some sort? I'm not sure, but we have four books tonight. Uh, and mainly the idea that I'm worried, or not worried, I'm, I'm curious about Eric. I'm curious. They call me Whiskers. Curiously worried. They call me Whiskers. <laughs> uh, I'm like a is cat. the idea that this week we ended up having our spotlight, as we do the badasses, the Get Fresh Croopy Poop. They ended up picking two books. They picked anthology books, Eric. They picked Are You Afraid of Dark Side Number One? And Wonder Woman 80th Anniversary 100-page Super Spectacular number one. Now, usually what happens with that, you mentioned it at the end, much to my chagrin, (laughs) is we usually end up doing one of those. And if that would have been the case. If you go and pick one of these 100-page specials, we're only doing one. I didn't say that in there. So I felt, but also (laughs) you never said anything to me. Now, obviously, in my mind, we would have done Wonder Woman. We would have done the 80th anniversary. But we end up doing both. And the... The Patreon spotlight ended up being two hours and 17 minutes. And a couple of people, including, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, where else could we have gotten this? Must Uh, be endless staircase. Right? I mean, serious, Eric. We can't can't possibly get anything more out of that. I mean, there were so many things. But, yeah, with all of that, I even got word from people like, oh, my God, this might be the first time that the spotlight is actually longer than the actual the show and it may be because i i thought to myself that can't let's look be for the some case. new weird some fucking well, milestones that I you know. can jump. and i thought though that can't be the case could it be and so i go and i read these books and i'm like yeah it, it might be it, it really might be and it might be by by purpose right because we have four <laughs> books one worse than the next i think so get ready ghost truck uh-uh. There you go. Ghost truck, Eric. I have them all here. <laughs> I got to hear that one again. Ghost truck's the best. Let's truck. do that again. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's, ridiculous oh, it's, the best. it's the best. Now, uh-uh. we're saying this, and I do want to tell everybody that in one of the sections between the books, actually, I think there is only one, I am going to be playing a little bit of a snippet from our discussion of the ghost truck story, which I didn't even realize it, it lost me. It's called like backseat killer. Yeah, yeah. Which makes complete sense of the ridiculousness that happened. When it's like I Ghostface Killer, but now, the backseat killer. It made me laugh again that somehow Mad Hatter snuck into the Batmobile's backseat. <laughs> well, you know, after he ditched his rocket-powered penny oh, farthing. Oh, my goodness. Littering, skidding, ghost truck. Ah, ah. I see, that might be the deal. The heck with the Get Fresh Crew beep boop. Now we're just going to ah, ghost truck. truck. Ah, ah. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> ah, yes. But before we get into this, see, we're having some fun with it, Eric. We're having some fun here. Uh, but, yeah, we have some books, a couple that should be big and we'll discuss them but before we do go into that let me tell you go over to twitter at weird science dc follow us we promise to follow you back and then you can ghost truck eh, eh, me as well 
What does right? that even it's, mean? It, I don't know. It sounds Jean a little sexy. The hell out of me. It, it sounds sexy. Right? Hey, hey, you, you over there, you want a ghost truck? Uh-uh. All right. Sounds now, like I just a feel if you, somebody comes up to you with a ghost truck, they're still going to ask you, ask gas or grass. Well, they might. Gas, grass, or cash. One of these no days one gonna rides get it. for free ghost truck. Ghost truck. Uh-uh. Now I just wish that that ghost truck actually, the full deal was on this. Maybe as a deal, because the... The, the Patreon deal was so long. The spotlight was so long. As a little ticket in, a dip your toe, maybe I'll put that full ghost truck discussion on you. But then again, then I'm going to want to put on the endless staircase. Must be endless staircase. <laughs> <laughs> How can one book have so many ridiculous things in it, Eric? Oh, man. I, I actually, when we, got done, season special. when we got done that spotlight, I was exhausted from it. And I thought, uh, I, I hope people don't think we're, you know, negative Nancy's, you know, which they always do anyway. But I didn't realize then going back and when I was editing, I'm like, man, we had a lot of fun in this. So hopefully that'll be the case. But I told you at that one point after we're talking about this might be the best book ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that backseat killer might have been the best damn story I've ever read in my life. Makes no damn sense, but it made me giggle. Uh, but with all of that, then go over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can read reviews of almost all the books that come out each and every week. And then at the end of all of that, Eric, hop on the ghost Ghost truck, truck. baby. Uh (laughs) Ghost truck. We're going to town. Go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can listen to that full spotlight, two hours and 17 minutes of that, and get a ton of other shows. Each level gets more shows, more shows, until you get all the way to the top. Where you become well, then we expect shows from you. Damn right, bad. <laughs> no, that's what I end up doing. You, you are entered into the gym co-host raffle anytime you join the All of a sudden, now it's just that freaking story of the lottery. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm the prize. What a prize I am. Talk to Tanya. She'll tell you how much of a prize I am. Man, Mark Jager, he enjoys doing stuff with me at least, Eric. So there. Take that ghost Mark a liar. <laughs> <laughs> he always says, he's like, it's it's the, the top thing of his week when me and him get to talk a little bit of The Walking Dead. You're, you're saying he's a liar. I just say he's a nice guy. <laughs> Eric. But you all go over there. Hey, y'all. Go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Get all that and become even a badass, badass of the fresh crew and get to pick what we talk about, like those two anthologies, Eric. Uh-uh. Here we go. I'm getting all I'm getting all excited. Here we are though. Let's give a little shout out, a little roll call, a little deal with the badasses. All right. Yeah. Ghost truck. Uh-uh. There we go. Eric. Try the how, did, how did I know that I have created a monster? I'm like Frankenstein, Eric. He was the doctor, not the monster. Ted Propes, I love Punchline, Michael S. Forrest, Polly Cam, Joseph Watch, Sick, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, Matches Balone, Ghost Truck, <laughs> Niels Teewart, Cuddle Camp, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, might be doing a podcast with me, Eric, I just want to spell that out, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Cellar Dweller, he ain't doing anything with me, Mark Jager, Aldrin Stoll, Nick Adams, Phil Beer from the Bat Pod. Ruben! Ruben's going to be doing an upcoming show with me as well. Eric Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, already do a show with him. Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Dalt Needham, my man Pete from NYC, still working out podcast with him. Mark, or Batman Beyond Mark, just did a show with him, Eric, uh, our man Rob Lewis. 
Randy Murray and Double A Rumpelgopfer. I've done shows with her. There you go. And see, that's how it works. That's how it that's works. How you, that's how you keep them coming back. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So I'm in a good mood now, Eric. You'll put me in a good mood. We've we've gotten on board the ghost truck, ghost right? Truck. The uh-huh. only thing that you have to pay for your ride is your innocence, Eric. Is what ends up happening with that, and with that. I, I ended up, and last week I surprised you with a song, right? And the idea of a song about you having STDs or something, or a sort of, you know, what is it called? The Oath? The, the Oath. Fresh Crew. Or, we're going to put that aside oh, th- this week, okay? We're going to put it aside and because we are just going to get to this. We have four books. Let's make it laser-focused. So we're going to go right now to the books. <laughs> for ghosts just says I love you he says gross every Wednesday he gets dirty knees instead of quarters he gets diseased he's got the Yes, Eric, we're back. I tried you again. <laughs> oh, I got you again, Eric. Oh, uh, you rascal being the tallest guy in the circus, you. <laughs> I'm such a rascal. I am. Oh, my goodness, Ghost Eric. Truck. Uh-uh. Oh, jeez. But here we are. We have two books in this section. I'd like to call this the Gotham section, Eric. Is that what you uh, like? Well, yeah. And I think that Gotham, I don't know which is more of a cesspool. Your, you know, genital health or Gotham City itself. My genital health. Your genital health, Eric. You do tell Jess Gross, right? Of course also, I, do. I, I have to give a shout out at one point. Pete from NYC asked me if I had done that song, The Flaming Lips. She uh, don't use jelly, a song that I'm sure is very much on everybody's tip of their tongue uh, these days. Post of the street. Uh, you end up where he's like, did you do some sort of song about that with Eric having STDs? I'm like, not yet. <laughs> you, you can even ask him. future time traveler. Ten, ten minutes later, I was sending it to him. I'm like, here you go. And I, I ended up sending it to Stork. And Stuart's like, that must be old people's music. I don't know that song. And I said, oh, you, you don't know the flaming lips. Don't use tell, she don't use jelly. And he's like, no. Yeah. Then yeah. he sends me a note yesterday. He says him and his wife were at a bar and that came on. And I'm like, you're welcome. Synergy. You're welcome. Synchronicity. Besides, you, do you like that album by the police? Do you? Do you? Well, here yeah. we go here. Uh, where, again, it's a Gotham City type of section here if we're going to make up sections right it's the idea though we're continuing fear state we're going to get the main book now everything flows through the ship flows downhill whatever metaphor you want to say is you have to have something happen in this main batman book because the other books that are tied into it nightwing catwoman detective all that are going to be geared against what they can and can't do because of what's being done in the main book and we keep saying that the other books kind of feel like they're tiptoeing, 
you know, while this main Batman book, I, I, what is it doing? Sleepwalking? I don't know. It's peacekeepering the hell out of you. Well, this is the the issue that needs something has to give here. We only have till one. It turns out the only thing that gave was Ricardo's limbs. <laughs> I know. It's life. To, 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 trust the process, Ricardo. And when don't trust get, Ricardo. It's a trap. When, when you get into this issue, and obviously we're gonna you know go through it, but. How many things happen in this that you're like, well, why didn't you do that from the get go? Or why are we doing this? Where you say yourself, "Where's Batman?" Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you sit and go, like, "Oh, really, Miracle Molly? You've figured out everything that the Scarecrow is going to do." But Batman didn't even though he had the Scarecrow in his mind. I even like the idea where Miracle Molly in this, if it goes along the ways, you have the evil Queen Ivy down here in the like the Eden, the underground of Gotham, where she might convince this evil persona of Poison Ivy to be the best hero the world's ever seen. And also, I figured out how to stop Scarecrow. I'm like, you are a Miracle Molly. Yeah, she is. She really is. And And really, you need a miracle. Every that, day, Batman. get That's, him out of Gotham. That was a Grateful Dead song. I just said, but yes, yeah, so. the idea of this is, I guess, what we're going to maybe get. And I think, and I'll, before we go into this, I'm going to give you my theory of your thing you told me, and it kind of got in the back of my mind, almost like Mad Hatter Tech, where if I wanted to get it out of my mind, Eric, I'd have to go in my mind and kill my gimp self. That's the and only then way to do it. yourself out of your mind cell. It's just the movie Cell with Jennifer Lopez. So with this though, I think that. This story originally, you had mentioned it, I think, last episode when we had this book, the idea that James Tynan had a scarecrow story. He did say that. He ended up in, oh, I got the scarecrow story. It's going to be great. And I think the scarecrow story was going to be somehow that he evolves into using this tech and he's going to end up being able to not just, you know, give a couple people a little fear. He's going to end up using a tech that almost like the Somnus satellite that we had in the Grayson book and yeah. then into the Batman and Robin Eternal. That sort give of them thing. The fe- they're going to give them the horror mind movies. Yes. And I think the fear state, it was going to be like almost like the whole city is infected at once. See what happens, whatever. But then you get this magistrate stuff thrown in. This is more of future state stuff. James kind of not involved, but is that so there's this back and forth with it. But I really do just think that. Originally, it was going to be this tech thing, and that's what I think why they have Miracle Molly. And why'd you go get that tech? I'm a tech girl, and I'm bored because I like the tech. Oh, no, Scarecrow, and runs off to go find Batman. So it's obviously just the idea of what we seemingly already know in my mind. It's Mad Hatter tech, and somehow it's going to get bigger and maybe even involve into what the master wise, you even said before we started, this whole machine of wiping your mind and only leaving the fear or whatnot. But with it, that I, was I, the best thing to really make that Miracle Molly freaking, you know, um, secret file special that we had before really makes sense for this issue. Where it's like, yeah, it takes away your fear and you're like, you know, but it leaves your traits. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm saying that that was fudged <laughs> afterwards because we were laughing so during that special. When we were laughing at that special, it's like she ends up grabbing her notebook as if that notebook. Is I don't know who I am. The man, do I know a lot about robotics? Boy, I know a lot about doing robotics and schematics. But yeah, all of a sudden now it just wipes your mind of the bad stuff but leaves your sure, regular traits and everything you've what's learned what's my regular traits right now i'm like man i have no idea what's going on but let me tell you about batman and and just imagine like one of your things that you're left with because it says it, it leaves everything about you except the bad stuff uh some of the stuff though that so you learn are from the trauma and from the it, it but just, now it, i just it learned it i don't sense. know why i learned it 
to I just imagine that you end up where you come out, you, they put you under, they wipe your mind, you are a clean slate, but somehow you have only the ideas of what you can do. I think that would drive you insane. I don't think that would work. The idea that it's almost a baby knows how to make Why a nuclear weapon. Why do I have weapon. all of these like, thoughts in my head about cardboard box factories? Yeah, what, what does this mean? <laughs> really dig that freaking drywall cardboard. But you end up, it, it just, I think that this whole story, first off, it's not going anywhere. The second is it's it's a tug of war between what's the most important thing? What is the biggest threat? What's going on? That man seems to be kind of just running around in the middle of it all with his head cut off. It seems what it is, but we'll get into it. It's Batman number 114 written by James Tynan. He doesn't get the fourth there. I'm not putting it there. I'm, I'm ahead sure of right now. Art by Jorge Jimenez, Timo Moray, and Clayton Kells. Fear State continues with Batman still doing a lot of nothing. While the whole so-called event is all about chasing down Peacekeeper 1, Simon Sane has thrown caution to the wind and is pulling up city blocks to bring in Sean Mahoney while Miracle Molly has figured out how the Scarecrow is getting into people's minds. What's left for the Dark Knight to do, you ask? Well, he screams a bit at the clouds and then gets caught in a cyber explosion, Eric. Fear state. Then... Clown Hunter backup does nothing, but will continue hey, in hey, Batman hey, it Urban does Legends. Do something. It infuriates me because out of nowhere, we decided that we haven't called Tim Drake Red Robin since Tynan's, you know, detective run. He's then become Robin again, and now out of nowhere, oh, I'm Red Robin. The only thing you get is Red Robin being named that again, and Clown Hunter team up. Fierce state. It's just that that Clown Hunter did nothing. Robin shows up, Tim Drake shows up and hey, call me Red Robin. You're like, no. That, like, that's the only thing you really did and you done messed it up. I mean, that's not what he is going for right now. Now, I'll say it right now. And you did agree with me, which makes me happier. We, we've been a bit at odds with this book lately. We've been yelling and screaming. Even when we both have the same exact score at the end, which makes no sense. But uh, everybody loves Jorge Menezes art. I do as well. It's really good. Except in this issue, when you get involved in the real big fight scenes, and there's a bunch of them, it gets a little crazy. Well, you have a lot of close-ups of Batman fighting a bunch of cybers in the dark. I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah, and a lot of it is a little too close to the cup there. It's a little in. And really, I think that it's trying to make, I I don't know, is it trying to make it seem like Batman's doing something? Because he, he isn't doing anything in this issue. And really, everything else that goes on is like one inch forward, a little bit of recap and eureka moments that we're going to have to see what they are, because you have an extended beginning where Miracle Molly is talking to Queen Ivy. Queen Ivy's mad. You brought tech down here. How dare Just you? Just the All idea that. we are, you know, in on the way to Future State right now. The magistrate has taken over with robots freaking roaming the streets looking for masks or people who look like clowns, kind of like Miracle Mollier. She leaves her sanctuary of Eden with all the insanity collected because they are public enemy number one in Gotham right now. Besides for the mask, yeah, I'm gonna go get some uh, tech to fiddle with. I'm like, you dummy, you're, you're a goddamn dummy. Here's the thing. You're saying the one step a dummy because she could be killed. She got, But also they could follow her back. Th- this is like the last bastion of holdouts here in Gotham City, especially with Ivy being so important. Which and is so funny because we are back here after Joker War for freaking Harley and uh, Batman just hanging out here for the freaking majority of Joker War. And here we are back again. I'm like, what is James Tynan's obsession with just being underground and not doing anything? He just hanging. He likes hanging. I'm uh, maybe, hanging too, but maybe shit. Maybe it's one of those that he doesn't get to hang. He's on a lot of books. He's busy. So this is like his crazy, oh my God, that would be awesome. 
they get to hang. And they're talking. Just imagine that. We had that whole thing where Punchline burned down the Eden at the end and Harley Quinn was confronted by this version, Queen Ivy at the end. Like, you let them burn down. I don't know if she was confronted. Maybe it was just like Ivy How monologuing. But she comes in, oh, you let them burn down my Eden. Freaking does it. We, this Ivy hasn't left since the Joker War. She's been hanging out here. We've just been waiting for something to go on with this. And the naive Ivy of the Catwoman book get together, do some fun stuff. We're just freaking pontificating the idea about how Poison Ivy could be a hero if she wanted to be. But she's, she's not. She's like, fuck you humans. Oh, I, I think that 100% by the end of this, she is the hero. I think that she will detox the city however it goes down i think she will be such a weird idea because all that she can do right now like her master plan as queen ivy is like for where we are right now i can make gotham city crumble into like some subterranean world i'm like i I don't know how that's going to fix anything but again what i'm actually saying i should make myself a little more clear what i'm gonna say is poison ivy will save it i think that again or the combination of both the combination the idea that harley and the gardener you know the gardener Ends up going and we have to find the heart of Ivy. I think that Ivy will be getting more and more angry and then you'll get her heart, her, you know, compassion and her soul comes back. They combine just at the right moment so that then they can detox the city to be the savior here. So when do we get a book where Guy Gardner and the Gardner team up? Well, that would be cool, Eric. They're all about that green. They're at Warriors and the Ultimate Warriors there, too. We'll just throw all of them there. Yeah. He's He's got some weird opinions and he's dead. Yes, he does. Yes, he's dead. Uh, you end up, though, with that, if that is the case, like, okay, here's the progression of what I would think, and you're setting it in motion a bit already. Miracle Molly has figured out what Scarecrow is up to, how he's, uh, Batman not included. Then I think at the end, you'll probably get all that Batman won't be doing. He doesn't do anything in this book. And I want to ask James people. James really likes Batman. No, I don't think he does either. Like everything he can but Batman. It's almost like Tom King. It's like, man, I'm on that Batman book. Let me tell you how great Catwoman is. And this is, hey, I'm on that Batman book. Let's get him under an avalanche of characters I create. One maybe good, another okay. Like, it doesn't matter. Just throw them out there. And there's not enough room for everyone. And why is it that Batman's the one that gets pushed aside? It's his book. I mean, I don't know about you, but Batman, pretty big character here at DC. A lot of people complain that there's too much Batman. They should read this book. They should read this book. He's hardly in you it. You know what? That's true. That's a great point. You think there's too much Batman at DC? Well, read his own book because you <laughs> barely see his ass. Batman solo. He ain't doing shit. I mean, and then when you do say that, when I'm going through all this, I have issues with Simon Saint and what his plans were. But you also have characters just showing up to do the one thing and then disappearing. You know, you end up having Ghostmaker. He's out. He's MIA now. He could really be helping. I mean, him and Batman going out to bring down. They have to capture Peacekeeper 1. Also, in the back of my mind, what's Renee Montoya doing right now? Because she was really the hinge of trying to figure out. She's washing her hands of all this bullshit right now. Right now, she's halfway to Metropolis, I think. You end up where you're trying to connect Scarecrow to Simon to Saint. A special crimes unit in, in uh, Metropolis. All of a sudden, we have Officer Atomic Skull back because he's back because of the whole thing. Everything matters. Uh, but you end up where I don't get exactly what we're supposed to be worried about, what we're supposed to be focused on, and who the big bad is. Because if I'm just somebody in Gotham City, yeah, you call it a fear state. You're going to push this Scarecrow. But what is really the threat? The threat to me are the head-knocking Nazi stormtroopers that are making sure that you can't go out and get damn milk. Yeah, we have a robot revolution going on in the streets. 
You had a couple of scarecrow, a couple of scarecrow effigies. At the end, I think Miracle Molly looks like it. Come with me, actually. The opposite. Well, actually, like the Terminator. Eye, it does look like the cover to like the Terminator with the one robotic eye. <laughs> so you end up where these this magistrate it's already falling apart as well, and. This feels like the real turning point to me where fear or future state will not happen because nothing that is going on in this whole book feels like it, they could ever come back from this. Like, there's no coming back from this. This is the end of the magistrate before it could even start. And uh, me and you argued before, and we, we went on a little too long, so I'm not going to argue. What, what I'm going to say, though, is the idea that you had the scarecrow, he was supposed to be doing things that would then allow Simon Saint to push the magistrate in with Nakano. Hey, look at all this crazy stuff. The people running scared in the streets. He gets in and there's not a real great connection of what Scarecrow even did or what they're doing. And this idea of a fear state, it's more of a police state than a fear state. And he ends up the whole thing now is we got to bring that was in too Peacekeeper racy to One. Call it police state. Yeah, yeah. We, we got to bring in Peacekeeper One. Peacekeeper One. Now the whole thing before was it's got to be on the down low. People can't see what he's doing. He's going to destroy. And now they're blowing up city blocks here. And in the end, even if Gothamites don't know oh, who that did that, on sanity collectives. Yeah, even even if that's the case, if you know Simon say say it was. The, it still makes the magistrate look bad. Why is this happening on well, that's their the thing watch is, It's already? a no-win situation where at the beginning when you had the like the, what was City Hall blow up, I'm like, oh, that Unsanity Collective, they did this. You know what we need, people? We need that magistrate to come in and really fix up Gotham because it's a shithole right now. It's, you know, the the vigilantes, the mass, they aren't doing the jobs that we thought they were going to do. So we're going to bring in the magistrate. We do that, and even more, the city blows up. So it's either the magistrate blew up the city or they are incompetent. There's not a, not a win going on for Simon Sane here. And then to go back to... To the idea that was more of the reason why the magistrate was put in these explosions, all these things, not the scarecrow. I don't know. Those effigies around kind of scared everybody. Yeah, but that was just effigies. I'm telling you, if I went around that, that isn't quite as scary as a police state being run by robots. But everything has to go back to this fear state, even with Mirica Molly, where she ends up talking. And then at one point. You know, the people up above, they just need to have their mind wiped like, man, forget their troubles. I don't like people like Simon Saint and things like that. We just were talking about it. They work for Simon Saint. Now, you I don't can like my say boss either. That doesn't matter. They actually were free agents. They ended up, this wasn't that Mr. Wise is really her boss. They end up, you could even say here, he's not doing anything. I'm saying he's missing. You could say that you Ma- showed Molly, him. <laughs> you could say Miracle Molly didn't really have anything to do with their you know, the jobs that they had to do or whatnot, but it was never played out like that. Now it's almost as if, again, and this is what James Tynan keeps doing, especially with Miracle Molly, is start out where she's doing really bad things, but then go, oh my God, I think that I might be able to make her a character that could go on and people like. So all of a sudden she's accepted by Batman. She's in here. But yeah, she was part of pretty much the beginnings of the magistrate. But yet seems to push that it aside. It might as well have been, though. Like, the beginnings of the magistrate, the things, you can get that aside because, but without that idea, it's like, oh, man, they were duped. They were hired out by the magistrate to commit these crimes. Yes, they're crimes, but essentially what they are is the royal flush gang. It's what they feel like. And like, we would lock those people up. We wouldn't say, oh, somebody hired the royal flush gang. Those poor royal flush gang members. <laughs> but he needed to get, so. Who's the mastermind? So you have Miracle Molly throughout this, and she's talking to Ivy and, you know, does that, you know, fudging of the stats of, you know, we end up using this mind wiping machine 
And we get to have everything great, but the bad stuff goes away, whatnot. This is the best machine and ever. I know, really. I mean, there is no bad thing that comes out from that. Uh, Thank you, Master Wise. And then she goes, oh, my God, I know how the Scarecrow is going to infect the whole city. Now, you can sit there and you could say to me, well, that's kind of the Scarecrow's MO all the time. Why? But why would she jump to that conclusion of what's going on now? The Scarecrow really doesn't seem to be doing anything except he captured Batman. Batman got away, and he has infected Peacekeeper 1. Now, in the meantime, he's got Clown Hunter, whatever happened to him, but they wouldn't know that. No, the, nobody the knows what's going on with So that. where is she going with this idea that there's this grand scheme from the Scarecrow? I mean, if this is the case, what are you doing? What, what is Batman doing? They're not doing anything. They're well, just we're not doing anything because we're focused with robots running the streets right now. Because that's the threat. That's my old point. Uh, America Molly, like, there was never a meeting. Like, okay, let's see what we think is going to happen. She just basically is, if it's a matter of fact, that at some point the Scarecrow is going to try to use something to control everybody. Well, that's the thing. I imagine like we had in the last issue where Ghostmaker out of nowhere, you don't know this, Bruce, but I spent a week in Gotham after we met and hung out with Jonathan Crane and Scarecrow and learned all these things about the future. No, out of nowhere is going to be the next issue. Master Wise used to be like a a schoolboy chum with Jervis Tetch and his mind control device. Because that's ultimately what it is. Master Wise is using something to alter your mind, just like the Mad Hatter does with his tech. So it's the same kind of insight. Like, I'm guessing that the Unsanity Collective tech is just Mad Hatter tech. And the thing is, we already know that that's what Scarecrow is using. He's yeah. already brought it up. Now, I think that Tynan's going to try to make it seem like this is a big reveal. The next issue, I guarantee you, the next issue, they will talk about how this stuff. And Batman doesn't recognize it. It was in his own damn head. He ends up having to use this mind telepathy machine with ghosts. So you end up where they're just going to say, oh, it was Mad Hatter tech. Then they'll probably have to go and get his ass in and try to figure something else. But with that, what what are you worried about that right now where every bit of the city is it's on a curfew, it's blowing up, you end up having people being beat up, possibly killed. And so the main story, though, is Simon Saint for issues now yelling to go get Peacekeeper one. Well, that's essentially what we need to do for everything. For everything to go away and we can get back on the scarecrow beat, we need to get Sean Mahoney Peacekeeper one because with him under like, you know, lockdown or given to the police, he can then testify or tell what he knows about Simon State and his like, you know, magistrate and what they've done in Gotham in order to be placed there so we can take everything down. So we have to do that first. It's just in order to do that, we have to get through Peacekeeper X, a dozen freaking robots and like all these different drones in the skies. And so at this point, we're more, and I'm just talking about this main Batman book. We're at the, well, we're a little over the halfway point because of that alpha issue, but the main things, we're halfway and we have not done anything except chase Sean Mahoney around. And in this issue, he's still out. <laughs> you don't really even solve anything. Look, because- he's not getting far. His leg, his one arm gets blown off. I think maybe a leg does. Maybe that was just Ricardo, but he has sustained a lot of injuries by the end of this to the, to the point where I don't think he's getting very far. Well, he may not, but then that means maybe in issue 115, he ends up being caught. Then we only have two more issues of the main Batman book. And to, honestly, to that's a perfect wrap-up. Well, there you go. And at the end, that's all but, it is. The, no, no, the I'm fear saying, that we thought we had was Peacekeeper 1. Fear State will never be Fear State the way you think of it. And it will be very disappointing because it will just be a magistrate story where you just really want a scarecrow story. I'm sure it's going to be shoehorned in by the end, but it's just going to instantly be done. Like one of those things like back in the day with the idea of Spider-Man and Doc Ock where you have Doc Ock and his arms and Spider-Man just gets in between and just punches in the face once and he's done. I assume you got Scarecrow with his big silly new outfit and his fear t- 
toxin and all doing all this. Batman goes in and punches him in the face one time. It's all over. That's the end of our story. Just think of a story with Spider-Man and Doc Ock where three quarters of the story is Spider-Man chasing a lab tech that worked for Doc Ock. And then, oh my god, I gotta Amazing. get him! Oh, I, I didn't get him! Oh my god, I gotta get him! The and then as we the say end, that, there's a story of Doc Ock gonna marry like Aunt May, and that's even more ridiculous in my mind. No, that's that's classic, <laughs> and, Because uh, what was it? Did she own a power plant on a private yeah, island? She owned a power plant on an island. She ended up one of her relatives ended up leaving it to her. Doc yeah, Ock this, this is out. a masterpiece. Come on. Well, here's the deal. That actually, I'd rather read that. But the the idea of this again, though, is that Batman's doing nothing. And it's it's just it's meandering. It's not it's an event. This event is hardly an event when you're just chasing one guy. This is supposed also, to be my fall event, Jim. You end up <laughs> yeah, it's really it's just like over if we're gonna keep doing the Marvel thing, I thought that extreme carnage was gonna be my summer event. We're both. It's so crazy I'm thinking about this because right now we're in the middle of October or going towards the middle of October, but we started, you know, the Endless Winter in December, which is only like two months away. And I'm like, how has it already been that long since Endless Winter, which I wanted to be my winter event? And that was bullshit as well. You're always you're always disappointed with these things. <laughs> I just want my events. So you end up where in this, at least Scarecrow does something. But again, Scarecrow. Does he? Hey, Sean Mahoney, I'm going to talk to you through my little wrist thing. And I'm like, hey. That guy's lying to you. Kill him. <laughs> the scope of it, though, is a, like you end up having everything fear state, magistrate. This uh-uh. is going to lead to future state. Uh-uh. You have all that going on thinking that the scope of this is humongous. Ghost truck. Uh-uh. The true terrifying thing going right now, ghost truck. Even Scarecrow is only concerned with this one guy. And yeah, it might be to get back at Simon Saint, but that it's not big anymore. It's not a citywide event. It is a one man manhunt. You know, I going after the man with the one arm. Uh, you know, well, and, even and that, that the whole end, thing when you go into this idea, like okay, we have Peacekeeper X, Ricardo come in. You got to take out Sean Mahoney, and don't worry because your suit is like five hundred million dollars in like technology, and it's so much more advanced than Sean Mahoney's, who was our freaking poster boy. For some reason, we held this away from Sean Mahoney, but gave it to you. There's no way that he can pierce your armor. There's nothing he can do to you until he does and completely destroys Peacekeeper X. And I have no idea how that well, happens. Here's the thing going on here okay first off you send out peacekeeper one there's no backdoor way to shut it down and at one point simon saint yells at ricardo you mean you didn't put a backdoor way huh he threw his hands up no you know we don't so they end up they can't let it out there so then what two days after that our poster boy's gone crazy might kill people we got to get them off the streets hey listen let's get the peacekeeper x going it's $500 million. Why wasn't that the tech in the actual Peacekeeper, right? You're holding that back. Are you holding that back for the next generation you're going to sell to people and stuff know. like that? Like, this is the prototype for the next gen that we're putting out for armor? Just let me twist this a little. Let me put it at a different angle, Eric, and, and, and let me show you where I think that this could have worked out as something bigger. And, and again, I don't like the idea that it's so much of a focused deal on Peacekeeper 1, but Peacekeeper 1 is out and about. He is fully out toxin. Oh, my God, what's going on? Scarecrow is there talking in his ear, and this ultimate Peacekeeper X comes out and is defeated by the guy because when you have a fear state going on and are so fearful, you are the most powerful you can be and can elevate yourself to even destroy a suit that should be better than you. But they don't even go that angle. 
I, I ended up at the end. I'm like, are we supposed to be going with the idea Honestly, that the way you just doing really that? said that, though, that almost sounds like some woo-woo stuff where you can find the power deep down if you're scared enough. That's what a fear state is. It's supposed to be a city that is so afraid. that The fear is so much that they elevate and evolve past that. I just don't think they become superhumans out of nowhere. Well, here's the thing. Who knows what the hell they're doing? Because that was just mumbo-jumbo, and this is where... Just tell me right now, and I want everybody to sit back and think for a second. What exactly happened in Joker War? What Joker was War? was it about? What was Who took away Batman's money? Yeah, that's that's about it, right? And everybody's scared about Joker War when all it was was to pilfer money from Bruce Wayne to make well, him that, poor. And we had pretty much every piece of crap in the city came out in a clown mask and started rioting and murdering folks. Didn't it end up in your mind that it looked it's like scary. A, it seemed like a bigger Joker story and then it really wasn't? This yeah. is what this is happening. I agree. Just like City of Bane was a, you know, Flashpoint Batman story, which wasn't very big. With James Tynan, though, even going back, uh, first victim, right? Oh, my God, this is going to be crazy. This is going to reinvent some of the background. About- Never did anything. You didn't like Mudface? With James Tynan in this and especially in the Batman stuff. You end up where everybody is, you know, given this big idea, fear state. Oh, my God, it's going to be this thing. It's a thesis. It's that. It gets way big, big, big. Never explained. But when we get to the, I think James Tynan thinks it was explained. I think he, he thinks that we're full on board of what exactly fear state means. I don't think he cares anymore because he's out of here after this. Everything feels like it's supposed to be big. But then the story itself is so narrow focused on this stuff going on. And again, we're talking all this. You notice we're not saying Batman much because he ends up going to stop Ricardo, Peacekeeper X. Off panel, it seems, he gets pushed aside. And then you end up saying, is Batman going to be a problem? No, he's, he's you know, busy. Cool. He's big with Cybers. But the weird thing is they say that, but in the progression of art, Cybers got him. But then the Cybers show up like two pages later to descend on him. But then when Ricardo starts fighting with Sean, Peacekeeper 1 versus Peacekeeper X, you end up at the end, basically, you shoot this huge laser cannon that just blows up. And the it charge really, light cannon? It's almost yeah. like, you know, like Samus Aaron's, you know, like blaster, her arm cannon kind of thing. And you have to charge it up to, to a degree. And that's what we have we ne- initially when it blasts through, like Ricardo misses and it blasts through a building, almost like it's a Godzilla's atomic breath as well. But it's like, oh, my God, what have you brought into the city, Simon State? And now it needs time to recharge. And by the time he goes to use it again, so we could finally just kill Sean Mahoney because he realizes, like, look, he's, he's crazy. There's no going back. We just got to kill this guy and, like, you know, recoup the losses that we took from this whole thing. Sean Mahoney takes his arm blade, shoves it in the cannon, and they both explode with limbs flying everywhere. And now Sean Mahoney, on top of having, like, missing an arm, looks like Two-Face. He's all burnt to a crisp on one side. It's like... And Ricardo, and the thing is, he keeps punching down on Ricardo until his heart just stops. I'm like, I don't even know how he's holding himself up because his one arm is blown off, but he's still over top of Ricardo, punching down. I feel like he would need the other arm to brace himself a little bit, but he's he's cooler than I am, apparently, and just beats him to death. And I'm like, okay, this is the ideal one where you come to this. Holy shit, everybody. The fight you've been waiting for. Peacekeeper 1 versus Peacekeeper X. Mike, nobody asked for this. This is the, the main event of your story for some reason. And when Ricardo dies, oh, Ricardo, we hardly knew ye. I'm like, I, I don't know what you really wanted from this whole idea because this is not a main event. This is a freaking curtain jerker. Nobody cares about Peacekeeper fights. And it's weird when Batman's running and he's trying to get away from the cybers and all of a sudden you get the arm cannon, that green arm cannon, blast out. All I can think of is this is supposed to be a take on the Man of Steel 
then slash Justice League when you end up seeing you know Zod and Superman going through the city destroying everything and Bruce Wayne being pissed off what are you doing to the city and he starts yelling at Simon Saint and then he can't do anything and then when Ricardo dies Simon Saint has to cover up the evidence again this is what we talked about at the beginning the idea that you're trying to be down low to get this peacekeeper one now you are literally blowing up blocks before it was a building that allowed you to get into power now you're blowing up blocks of the city this would have ramifications Just the on idea. what this we, is. we have like you know all like dozens of dozens of cybers all hovering around batman a freaking block away from ricardo and sean mahoney are and the idea after ricardo gets blown to bits and then beaten to death well that's that let's self-destruct everything that we have around here that'll take out half the city sir are you sure yeah fuck it let's do it and i'm like that what are you doing here like you are not there's like i said at the beginning you're not winning in any situation here. The, the weird play here is as well, and I, I don't like now the you're play. Liable. The play in my mind is blow up the deal because if anybody figures out that this is the damage that we caused against Why would you guys, blow, blow up all your cybers, though, as well? Like, are you just looking for maximum destruction at this look, point? Look what he says, though. He says to blow him up because he doesn't want Batman to get the tech. Batman's good enough that if he's going to figure this out, he's going to figure it out. He doesn't really need your it, – it, in my mind, blow up the evidence. Like I said, you end up where Is city just blocks tech, are being blown up. Is that I, just the evidence, the tech that he doesn't want Batman to have? Well, that, I'm saying don't even throw Batman in that, oh, I don't want you to have my tech. It, really, Batman can go out and grab a cyber and just do what he wants. It, it's silly to think that Batman wouldn't be able to figure out what this tech is eventually or whatnot. It mainly get rid of the evidence they have destroyed city blocks here already without even blowing up things yet with the idea that they're trying to hunt down their own guy who was compromised you have to get rid of that evidence to the people in this point i think that he still should be more focused on the idea of this magistrate where we get the future state later and all that stuff Batman, yeah he's kind of a little fly in the ointment but we'll have to deal with him and really Gross. they are dealing with him I mean, he's barely able to do anything. Ricardo was able to slip past him. The guy's been in that suit for a minute. And he gets past him and then Sean Mahoney. It's just so ridiculous. I love ridiculous. the ending, though, because this is how we end this big, this gigantic story of Peacekeeper versus Peacekeeper, where everything's blown up, Batman's useless, and there's Miracle Molly. I know how Scarecrow is getting into people's minds. I think I know what he's going to do next, and we're running out of time. I'm like, thank God for you, Miracle Molly. But the idea of, like, I know how Scarecrow is getting into people's minds. now. Am I supposed to believe that Scarecrow has gotten into a lot That's of people's minds saying. in Gotham? Because all we Why know, like you said at the beginning, that? Sean Mahoney, you know, Clown Hunter, nobody gives a shit, but that's going on in the backup. Whether, like, who knows even that's the same thing, but Batman and Peacekeeper 1, they were, you know, they were there with the gas as well. They were exposed to this thing. Like, I think I know how it is too. He has this whole new setup, but he was there to do this to those people. Now you tell me, like, I know how Scarecrow is getting into people's minds. Am I now to believe that this is actually a fear state where all of Gotham is afraid? And I didn't, I didn't realize this was how big everything was. But if you're doing that, this is what I said last episode with the Batman issue where I said about we're not seeing the people of Gotham. We're yeah. not seeing that you have a kid in his bedroom thinking his mom and dad are these hideous monsters because he's I been thought that all growing up. You, well, yeah, well, they were. Yeah. You, you don't have the guy who went out for milk. Is actually out to eat some brains because he thinks everybody in him is. We we don't get that. 
So when she says that, I know how that was my whole point of where is she jumping to this conclusion? Because at this exact moment, city blocks are blowing up because of the uh, a threat that's very obvious. The magistrate, all these stuff. But yet she's there. Oh, my God. Eureka. I know how he's going to. When did you get that idea that he was doing that? Because really, in my mind, has he been doing that? But we haven't seen that. And I think that if we do, it's fudge then. This is the thing. We're not getting any story. Why then would you just have the, you know, Scarecrow chasing around and talking to Sean Mahoney? Why haven't we seen him do anything? We may find out that that, you know, anti-Oracle, that messages, they're sending the out a wavelength, the seer wavelength, but, but we never saw it. Nothing's set up. So how can you, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, you don't give me that crap like you said about Mirka Mali when you retroactively say you still have your skills. She's saying this. She's <laughs> saying this now. It all makes sense now. You did it, Tynan. You can't have the Eureka moment before you have the actual status quo of what that Eureka moment is solving. It, that's that's not the way anyway that that's going to work. Where I know how he's doing it and now. Next issue, suddenly we find out that turns all out I along, solved a problem that we didn't even know was a problem. Good yeah, on me. Well, Miracle that's what, and that's my uh-huh. one of my biggest problems is the idea of Ghost that truck. Uh-uh. where she is. I just got to get that uh, uh, now. It, uh, the idea that she is solving something that Batman can't solve, even though he had it in his brain and whatnot, and really when you end he's up in his brain. Well, just imagine she has come up with the moment. The eureka moment of I know what he's doing, but yet the only thing we saw of it physically or mentally was that you had to go in your brain with a VR I just want her, I just really want her to and start kill doing your the, self. I just want her to start, you know, thinking to herself, but like, you know, saying out loud slowly the cranberries lines for the zombie, like, in your head. In that your would head. be good. In zombie. Zombie. Yeah. I got it now. I know what Scarecrow's doing. And she just comes up with this and runs off as if, you know, it was just, it was always right there. Batman can't think of it because he's too busy doing nothing. He's fighting <laughs> robots. Cybers are beating him. He's like, he oh Ghostmaker in his brain last issue. He's fighting robots. He's got shit on his plate. Where's Ghostmaker now? I doing think Ghostmaker he might, stuff? He might be doing some Sears stuff. I don't know. I, I, nothing's going to come out clever or anything with this. It's going to be fudged at the end. It's going to be like, oh. Thank God we took care of this. And at the end, you'll have time. And as he leaves, shows that Gotham always fixes itself and that the Gothamites are A-OK. I'm, I'm even sitting there thinking the idea that They're how A-OK. Dare, They're putting their cloud masks on and hitting the street. How, how dare? How dare that those New Yorkers think that if you make it there, you make it anywhere. If you can fucking make it in Gotham, there's no place if that's going to fucking in Gotham, scare you. I don't want to know you. Well, I'm tell- these people, though, even then... The idea you are fundamentally damaged as a person or they just, you know, they, they take it. I mean, they go outside and it's raining fucking acid. They're like, it's a Tuesday. It's a living. They go. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Then at the end, you just end up getting Batman, you know, just destroyed in an explosion of cybers underneath rubble. And then you end up having He's Miracle good. Molly say, hey, I know how scarecrows. I love the idea. He is underneath. Maybe dead people, girders, things, cybers. Well, she's got her hand out like, come with me if you want to live. But she doesn't come and say, hey, are you okay? Those magistrate pretty bad. She goes, hey, I know how Scarecrow's getting in the people's She doesn't want to beat her in the bush. I want Batman to she say. She doesn't want small talk. She's again, getting right to the point. That's the point is that's not the point okay? of this moment. I'm saying, no, not okay. I'm saying, where can we go to stop the magistrate and these cybers? That's what is now blown up a city block. And she's like, hey, I know this. 
They're getting into the minds. He's like, what, what the hell are you talking about? That only affected well, three if people. This is, exactly. Now, if it's opened up where we find out that all of Gotham is affected by this new fear toxin, now we got to get into this whole thing because shit is wrong. we got to stop Scarecrow. But up until this point, that was never out there. Then why wouldn't have Batman been getting into that or saying anything or going to it? That's why it's just going to end up. It's going to be end up fudged. It's just going to end up because we've never seen anybody other than those three people under the influence of this. Now, if she says, I know what he's going to do, I think. But even then, how would you know that that was going to be a plan? It's it's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. And then next, the misery of miracles. All right. We'll see what that is. Then you get the backup. And the backup is just, you know, Clown Hunter. Hey, clown give Hunter's me back still my fallen, and He's trying to fight a gigantic clown in a jersey kaiju monster until out of nowhere he snaps out of it when Red Robin saves him from falling because this entire time he's been falling off a building for these three issue backups. Red Robin, you know, takes him to some kind of micro cave, fixes it up and says, you know what, Clown Hunter, you and I, we got some work to do. Red How Robin. How dare you? Red Robin. Batman Urban Legends. That's what's going to continue. And at the moment, it's not even like it gives you an issue number because I'm sure that that hasn't even been set up it's yet. It's such but a weird idea, too, though, that, like, you know, he wakes up, Bal wakes up in this micro cave or the nest or wherever Red Robin took him here, but he's like, here's your bat bat. I'm like, you're going to team up with this kid who just murders people with this freaking batarang. This is trapped to a bat. I'm like, I don't know if Tim Drake would be all about that, but I do want to see a Tim Drake, you know, clown hunter team up just because I want to see more of Tim Drake. Yeah, well, with that, too, it seems like Tim Drake wants to talk, uh, Almost like a, a little game about being able to cure Thou of this, but he seems to have done a pretty good job. Get a hold of Miracle Molly and Batman, and we'll figure this shit out because it's like, yeah, it's kind of a variation, whatnot. But I, huh? but I, yeah, well, that's why he should be Robin. involved in the main story, not I a Thou clown hunter backup. Uh, overall, I, I didn't like this at all. It's just, it's supposed to be an event, so you're going to have to think of it as it's supposed to be bigger. Uh, and it's commandeering all the other bat books as well. So I ended up giving it a four out of ten is what I went with. What would you give it? I'm giving it a six point five out of ten. Besides for the close up action scenes, I still like Jorge Menace's art and uh I think the book looks good. Even the backup, I look forward to having that, you know, Clown Hunter Tim Drake team up because I want to see more Tim Drake. And what we get here, Miracle Molly, she is the hero of the story. It's unfortunate, but there's can still be fun here if you want to see Miracle Molly be the center of attention. Yeah, but Tell- she might not even be the mirror. We don't even know that I'm she's talking about going this issue, today. though. Yeah, but uh, well, this she, whole thing. She thinks she knows something. She it's- knows some stuff from what she's telling us. And also, if you are the person who wants to see a peacekeeper versus peacekeeper, there's some peacekeeper action going on here. I just wish there was more Batman overall, but this is a down part of the fear state. Yeah, I, I think this is just complete bullshit. And, but the uh, best Bell Clown Hunter backup we've had so far. I didn't think so. Uh, I mean, just because none of them. I think they all suck. One has to be better than the other. No, they're all like twos. They're all equal. They're all nothing happens out of all three of them. This is just Tim Drake and him are going to team up. Well, that's the only thing. Tim Drake's coming in and team up and possibly may not even. I don't even know that it it will happen. But who knows when? It could be a year from now. They don't give an issue, and I haven't seen anything with that even announced till even January. Doesn't take away. It just ends up where. But I'm not going to give it a bigger score because of what you might get in a. No, Batman no, I'm Urban saying Legends. what I get in this though is still more impressive than we've gotten in any of the other. Cloud I thought Hunter actually, backups. if I was going to go, I think maybe the first one okay. when we ended up having him go. But just because you know Tim Drake comes and ends up just pulling him out of this nonsense, Red Robin. Yeah, and then in the now thing, I'm mad I, again because you call him Red Robin. Yeah, I laughed though while you're going in and while we were sitting there talking. 
the idea when Batman is when Ricardo says Batman is taken care of. You go and look at the panels with Batman. It looks like at one point he's punching a wall. Another time it looks like he's like dancing. You don't even see what he's doing. Duende. It's just ridiculous. And like I said, Miracle Molly coming out and saying, hey, I know how he's done this, like getting in the mind. If we go next issue and then have, oh, my God, everybody's been fear toxing this whole time. That that doesn't work for me. You can't have the moment before you end up showing us what has happened. And I think that it's just going to keep fudging it because I don't think he really has a story here. And he's trying to just add things as he goes and trying to gussy it up. There's not a story. We have not seen any sort of story in all this except the idea of, hey, Simon Singh was able to come and get himself in. And it seemed too early for that anyway. And that was not a James Tynan thing. So I think he really didn't care about that. And he's just like, I just got to be done and go over to that sub stack and make my big money. Uh, but we get the next issue in this section, which is what? Arkham City, Order of the World number one, written by Dan Waters with art by Danny, Dave Stewart, and Adia Bitakar. After the A-Day attack, there were a lot of villains that died in Arkham Asylum, but even more terrible, we had a lot of villains who simply escaped. Now it's up to the GCPD and Dr. Joy, uh, Jocasta Joy to track these monsters down and lock them back up before they can hurt anyone else. The problem is, it seems like something else is out there hunting these villains. And it also looks like Dr. Jocasta Joy might not be all that sane herself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this issue something. Uh, when it, When it was coming out, I didn't see anybody really talking about it. And even me and you, we had no idea what it was going to be about. And last, at the end of last issue, I think it was the end of the spotlight. I mentioned that when I saw the solicit, I thought, oh, this is going to be Eric Steele because it does have to do with a day. And we are. And you've been wondering who survived, who oh, yeah. who was known to be out there. And turns who, out who Counterman's fine, Jim. Yeah, it turns out that a couple people are fine, but they're not really fine. And you end up with this being a, I don't, it, it's done in a way that I think that it's not very exciting. I think that it is done in a writing style. Dan Waters is doing it as almost like a, I don't know, like a research type deal where it's supposed to kind of have this narrative. But to me, it's kind of boring. And it's nothing that I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And the art, not a fan of Danny. And I don't know anything about Danny. So I'm just going to say they. But their art, it, it just is is not great. And some people were saying, I think Gabe even in the Slack, like, I think that it's trying to get a Frank Miller style, or I think it's kind of, but I looked at Danny's it's art almost, for it's, everything. It's, the thing is, it's, it's always Tim, the same. It's almost Tim Sale-esque in the coloring for how we do it, the long Halloween stuff like that, but it's just not a style that I'm really a fan of overall. But I like the idea that somebody in Slack, I forget who it was, it was Gabe or something like that, because when you first see Dr. Jacosta Joy here, her lips do kind of look like a puckered butthole. So I'm like, you know what? I agree with that. And that's what you're going to get throughout this. Lips that look like puckered buttholes. When that happened, I had actually seen some of Danny's art before this. And that's what it always is. So this isn't. Oh, we already had Danny for that Secret Files uh, Miracle Molly before that. And too. I was looking at some things with X-Men and stuff. It's the exact style. So this isn't an homage I do to think this looks well. better than the Miracle Molly book. Though. Yeah, I like this a little better. Uh, the thing, though, is is it's an art style that doesn't wow me because it's a very muted color palette. This is probably the most I'm going to talk about art, but it's it's a very drab look. Even if you like the style, it is played at as a horror type deal, a dark deal. And by the end of it, nothing really was able to like grab my imagination, neither the story nor the art. So I just kind of was going through it kind of bored throughout the whole thing. And. 
I don't really like the characters. I don't really know much about Joy Jacosta, but Jacosta I don't really, Joy. Uh, yeah, I don't really like her. And then you know her version of Bullock there. Uh, the guy, I don't like him either. He's kind of a jerk. And so when I'm going through this, I'm trying to grab onto something. And then it's just, you know, you get tenant. Not really anything that's that thrilling. Just a joy and Detective Stone are going to hunt down these Arkham escapees. And yeah, so that sounds saying. exciting, though. Exactly. But when you have this whole thing where, like, we have we have tracked down. I want to know how this whole, like, you know, investigation took place. Because when you started to book out, we have tracked down the rat catcher, Otis Flanagan. And the thing is. They've tracked him down to a family's house. They've already gotten the family, the, the parents of the, like, you know, we have a little girl and two parents, gotten the parents quietly out of the house. And for whatever reason, they all know that the rat catcher is hiding under the eight-year-old little girl's bed and <laughs> have to coax him there. out and tell him that you don't have to eat this young girl because he's going to go to cannibalism because that's what rats do. And I'm like, I don't know what's happened to Otis, but he's afraid of the art, the, like the ghost of, uh, uh. Amadeus Arkham, and he doesn't want to go back or send people to Blackgate because we don't know what's going to happen with Arkham Asylum right now after a day. But the idea is Jocasta Joy has been, you know, put uh, like, you know, taken on by the police to be in a, like a, uh, a uh, the hell is the word I'm looking for? A, uh, She's got. Well, uh, well, yeah, she's in a. She's somebody who's there as an expert. You exactly. Know, she's along those lines. But because during a day, everybody there besides for Sean Mahoney and these escape. Everybody on staff seems to have been killed, including the doctors, and it was just happened to be her day off. I'm like, what kind of scheduling do you have? Is just one person is only this one person has the day off that day. Nobody wants to work there. The thing that got me though was the idea when it even started. And I don't know why this this ended up. A consultant is the word I wanted to yeah, hear. Yeah. She ends up. It's it's kind of like the whole idea when we ended up having the Harley Quinn deal in the White Knight universe when they were going and well, going through the, and uh, she Future was State a with consultant. Jonathan Crane. Yeah, so. When you have this here and she's describing, Jocasta Joy's describing her deal and she's like, oh man, I wasn't on call that night. I wasn't working. First day off in eight days. I'm like, that's not that much. I mean, the, you basically worked an extra weekend. It's what, it, it, I don't know why it bothers. Like usually you'll see having another day off. Like Manship will send me notes where he doesn't have a legitimate day off for three months. You know, they keep going. But eight days, I'm like, all right. That still sounds like it sucks to me, especially when you're working in an Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Still, though, I would assume that, you know, a doctor on call like that, you do work long. Eight days didn't seem much. But she ends up where, you know, hey, and it keeps going back to this idea. Oh, my God, we got to get these bad guys. They're going to go out and eat people. Well, you know, they're pretty good people, and I've been trying to do my job Matt with them and stuff. I'm like, what is going scary on? in Gotham right now. Just the idea, I'm going to eat little girls. I'm like, rat catcher, I don't know what you're on, but you need to quit that shit. And his whole deal is if I pretend I'm a rat, then I won't be seen by Amadeus Arkham's ghost. That's basically what he's saying. He's and so his he, meds. Squeak, squeak. And yeah, oh, and then you, you get a couple times, it's like, no, get the reporters out of here. I, I just like, love oh. the idea if you think about how the shared universe or the mo- like the movie universe or the DC extended universe, whatever you want to call this whole thing, where you have the Rat Catcher 2 is introduced for the Suicide Squad movie. I loved my father thinking of Rat Catcher 1, who's Otis Flanagan here. I'm going to eat me a little girl. He was the best father. Yep, best father. It, then you, you go and you go into, hey, I got to get back in the Arkham, get my files. We can figure out some stuff, the people that I was going through and, and, you know, trying to help, whatever. And then you just get pages of, oh, here's what the Professor Pig did. Here's what Mad Hatter did. That's such a weird situation because you have a lot of the narration done like it's on a legal pad that this is Jocasta Joy's own personal records of what's going on and her thoughts when the pursuit of trying to catch these escapees, stuff like that. When you get to Professor Pig and the idea that he's going to turn people into Dolatrons, 
this becomes weird because not only does the style of the narration change where it almost seems well because it's the ten-eyed man then exactly and that's the thing is we have the ten-eyed man who is then like becomes the other narrator that is also hunting these down but it feels like it's a new ten-eyed man because i just don't recognize this ten-eyed man out there like but the idea that professor pig is going to cut his face off and put a dollatron mask on and stuff like that do what you know professor pig does but like the idea that he caught this person and like i guess ten-eyed man was just you know playing possum and then realized oh my god, this person doesn't have a face, it's just a gigantic void where the face should be. This is perfection right now. I don't know what the Ten-Eyed Man's doing because ultimately, it seems like he just wants to perform a spell, some woo-woo, so the a ghost of Arkham, like Amadeus Arkham, doesn't get to see him, or Jocasta Joy, which, if we run on by the end, Jocasta Joy is kind of like keeping him at her place at this point, harboring a cr- criminal, but he's like, yep, I just need to get some hair out of a drain. I need some teeth and stuff like I don't know what he's doing or why we have to do stuff like he's tracking down Jervis Tetch in the sewer. He's like, you know, going after Professor Pig here. I don't know if he's actually helping Jocasta try to get these prisoners back or what the end game is. It just seems like out of nowhere you have Jocasta Joy talking about, you know what? I'm going to help this ten-eyed man if it kills me. And I'm like, I don't know what you're really doing or what the ten-eyed man's motivations are. No, and I don't know why I need to care. You know, I'm sitting here reading well, it. I, I'm I care just because I want to know what's up with these prisoners and why they're crazy beyond the idea of A-Day and escaping thinking that a ghost is going to hunt them down. I care about all that because I like these villains. I want to see more of yeah, them. Yeah, I just think that after this is done, they're just going to get thrown back into what will be the new Arkham and we won't even have to care about them. You can say that about anything, though. I like a, I like the, the journey. But I don't like the journey. We've, we've just started it, and I don't like it at all. That's what I'm saying. The idea where I'm reading this and, like, you know, these these villains are just probably just going to get thrown back in the Arkham. So why do I need to care? I'm going to have to like this, and I'm not liking it. I, I was reading this, and it just, to me, is just a slog to even try to get through with the art and the story. And it's convoluted more than I think it needs to be. And yeah, I just I have no connection with it. I have Such no a weird idea though, because even you know where we have for some reason Nocturna and Doctor Phosphorus are very very normal people. They have an apartment and a TV and a dining table, just like normal people. They are out and about now and trying their best for whatever reason to act like they're a couple and be normal people because so keep them out of Arkham or like you know make it so they're not looking insane so the ghost will get them or the Ten Eyed Man. I don't know exactly which at this point in time because of all these people who have escaped and what talking about like out of nowhere we got dr double x who tom king for some reason decided where he was going to kill off but he's here alive and well but he's also chained up and i'm like i don't know what is going on with these escapees at this point beyond you know just like rat catchers like scared of the ghosts and you know we're gonna like chase after the mad hatter who wants to create wonder world and you know wonderland in a sewer and something's coming after him which i have to assume is the ten-eyed man but i don't know for certain yeah, and uh, yeah, you get four issues of this. So by the end, if it's something that can be told in four issues, uh, that'll be, you know, something. Like I said, I really don't really see anything that grabs me here. To, well, even me to the even idea care. that you have the side plot, because as you're running down and going through all these different villains and what they're up to out in the street now that they have escaped A Day and Arkham Asylum, where you have this guy who is all bandaged up wearing like, you know, camo like pants and like, you know, army jacks and stuff like that. This guy named Jericho, who is, you know, he was disfigured or just like, you know, hurt during like some kind of war when he was overseas, something like that. He's home. He's like Jericho Herring. And 
everybody knows that all these insane people are out and about. This motherfucker I thought was Hush initially because he is all wrapped up like Hush. So when everybody else is like, hey, you Arkhamites, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. This poor guy who's an army vet is then beat down in the street. And I'm like, what does this have to do with everything else, though? Yeah, I don't know. And and the thing is, you know, remembering some of the solicits and stuff like this, the idea, first off, it looked like originally it was going to be six issues, but then it claims it's four. So maybe it is six, but I, I was trying to look up to see exactly what it does say. Um, but with that, it looks like each issue is just going to be, okay, let's focus on this guy and let's focus on that well, there guy. Has to, which I'm fine with that as long as we have the whole idea of what the Ten-Eyed Man is doing with his weird rituals, where the ghost of Amadeus Arkham like lies in the minds of all these inmates. And also, how far is Jocasta Joy going to go with her therapy to try to make the Ten-Eyed Man first okay? Off, here's my deal from this. I don't think that there's any therapy going on. I think that he's mind-controlling her to do all of this, and I think that the ghost is the you know spell that the ten-eyed man is putting on them so that they end up being scared and run away and then it they just can seems go and have because their with, fun. Her, with her journal entry narration the way i wouldn't hear of Jer- oh let's talk about jericho but but i had already decided that if i helped just one of my patients it would all be worth it where she's handing him like you know the ten-eyed man the jawbone of a person that he like ripped it out of but like you know surgically to his weird circle of magic tricks that he's going to do her his rituals I just feel like it seems like she is like off her rocker trying to the idea that I'm going to do whatever I can to help these inmates, even if it's crazy to begin with. I actually think that that's her being controlled, that it's almost like the play of, you know, the Joker kind of wooing Harley. I think this is more mind control and she is become, you know, controlled by the Ten-Eyed Man. That, can I make yeah, control people? Up, you know, let's see. What's that? That's can what I think we're going to see. Okay. And I think that that's what we're seeing Because I'm sorry, I know there was on. a second Ten-Eyed Man than the one I'm like, I know of. I don't really know the second one very well, but this really does feel like a new one as far as I'm concerned, even though you still have the finger, like eyes, like the other one, the second one had, but I feel like it's a different situation. So it just almost does feel like a new character. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And we'll see. Uh, but what would you give it? I would end up giving this, even with the, the idea that I'm not a fan of Danny's artwork overall, I think it kind of works for like an almost noirish kind of style that we're going for. We're hunting down these people. Yeah, I think it people. works okay. It it's okay. It, it okay. didn't bother me like as much as I thought it would because I didn't like the Miracle Molly art at all, but I think this works for the type of story it's doing. I just wish I understood what they're doing, even though I'm enjoying the ride of trying to figure out what all these different Arkhamites are doing now that they're out and seeing who survives because I want to know who survived the A-Day attack. I, I just want need to know more about what's going on, even though this is a first issue. I end up giving it a six point five out of ten. I'm gonna go five point five. And again, if if this was one of those things where I bought the first issue, I wouldn't go to the second one. This doesn't intrigue me any bit. And the idea of me excited because I did want to see who survived or whatever, I'm getting the idea that this is gonna be a slog to even get any sort of information from. I think that it's gonna be one of those that it's more about being fancy and more about trying to be you know, a mystery and whatnot, not really getting much of a story here. And I don't like the art, though it does fit. But yeah, just kind of at the end, I was just pretty much bored reading it. But we're going to go off from here and go to something else. Maybe, if not, we'll be back with two more books to finish up the podcast. Let me tell you a little bit about Batman, the audio adventures from HBO Max. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, But beneath this facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Cape Crusader in Batman The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively 
on HBO Max. Starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums, this rollicking adventure told across 10 episodes is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNicholas, includes devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossy and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Leguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. So go to hbomax.com slash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman the Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. Hey, everybody. Since we end up having Ghost Truck, truck. Uh -uh. as pretty much the theme of this episode, and I hinted at the beginning that we may end up putting the Patreon-exclusive spotlight review of Ghost Truck on this podcast, here it is. I'm going to put this out there. This was part of that bigger two-hour and 17-minute spotlight picked by the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. And yeah, this is the story that is from Are You Afraid of Dark Side? It's Batman and Mad Hatter and Backseat Killer. And we'll end up going through that. And if you want to hear more of this spotlight, again, it was two hours and 17 whole minutes, you can go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, and you would get each and every week you get the spotlight, which we end up having a lot of fun with. We go into a little bit uh, more detail, a little goofier, stuff like that. So this will give you an idea of what that's all about. But, hey, enjoy that. Check out the Patreon. And then after this, we'll be back with the last two books to finish up the podcast. Ghost truck. Uh -uh. Because shit goes bad. And it goes bad you mean really Damian quickly. Wayne with does this. not tell a good story with Batman and Mad Hatter and the backseat I, killer? Seriously. For how much this story drove me insane, I looked up who this guy was so that I can know never to read anything from him again because it was awful. The progression of it, I understand that sometimes I read a story and I'm, you know, I'm sometimes. a dummy or whatnot. And yeah. I say to myself, like, ooh, the panel progression it was weird. Now, oh, the fight, I didn't quite get what's going on. I rarely had that fault with word bubbles. Where I'm reading the dialogue and it does not make sense at points of what's going on because they keep ending up almost like skipping a, a bit of time to come back to the dialogue. And I'm telling you at the beginning, I don't even know what that, Batman and Alfred are going back and forth and it makes no damn sense to me, even at the start. And even then I see Manhattan, I'm like, okay, this could be fun. Yeah, well, I've like been waiting for a Manhattan story like for that. a long time. But before we get to that, Jim, this was written by Calvin Kasuki with art by Rob Gilroy. Yeah. And. Again, I'm not that familiar. I don't know if Calvin. I said that right, Gilroy. And I don't know Gilroy. I, I don't Gilroy. know. You know, it's it's Mr. Roboto. And you end up it's where <laughs> the you know, the end up where Batman is chasing down the Mad Hatter. Just the idea. I've been waiting for a Mad Hatter story for the longest time, and what I get is Batman chasing the Mad Hatter, who's riding a tricycle, who hits the switch, and it becomes a rocket tricycle that outruns the Batmobile. This is the majority of our issue right now, with Batman having terrible dialogue back and forth with Alfred. I, I like, just want to... What am I This doing? is what I'm saying. It was making me... It was fritzing my brains. He goes, Mad Hatter, but... This is Batman. Batman goes, Mad Hatter, but a bike to a car chase. We might be able to call it in early night, Alfred. And Alfred goes, very good, sir. And then, wing, wing, he ends up doing that. He ups the ante. This is Mad Hatter. And he goes, I disagree, Batman says. Then, sir, it isn't very good. I stand correct. 
What is Alfred thinking? What he's doing? Alfred's lines were very good, sir. Sir, I stand corrected. There, there was no argument. It wasn't. It, Batman was the one. It's so Forget what I said about an early night. Forgotten, <laughs> sir. Forgotten. Like, how, how can you make more waste? Maybe Alfred's time? better off dead with dialogue I, I like think this. So. Maybe he is. I mean, I'm saying this seems to be beyond the grave. Maybe, and and that would be funny. Damien's like, let me tell you this story. It's and it's just Alfred getting his neck snapped well, by like, Bane again. Serves me like, right for not scary. predicting Hatter's toy would have a second gear. Technically, sir, I believe that penny farthings are direct drive bicycles, only one gear. Mm, thank you, Alfred. Happy to be of service, sir. And here's the other one. I see I see the map. <laughs> I'm trying to do my Alfred. Hello, love. I see the map indicates a turn up ahead, Master Bruce. You're suggesting I slow down? Well, that was definitely slower. As very fast way to slow down. Yes, sir. What? What, what, what are they talking about? He well, ends up going that. around and skidding. We're, we're I, talking about this whole thing, and the idea is like, where's the horror element to this whole thing? Because <laughs> all of a sudden, we, reading it. we, what's t- we turn the corner that Alfred was warning Batman to slow down for, and we see that, oh my god, Mad Hatter has ditched his rocket-powered tricycle. What am I going to do? Oh my god, a ghost truck. Thank <laughs> god it alerted me, though, because Mad Hatter's somehow on the back of my freaking Batmobile now. I'm going to stab me. Also, it's the horrors of littering. <laughs> He's like, oh, I, I just, here's the story so far. <laughs> hey, we're chasing Mad Hatter on the bike. This is going to be quick. Oh, no, it rocket propelled forward. It won't be quick. Watch out for that curve. <clears throat> yeah, I watched out by slowing down. Oh, no, littering ghost truck. Th- that's it. It's insanity, is what this is. I don't know. No, no, no. What's insanity is the ghost truck trying to drive the Batmobile (laughs) off the street. Batman fighting with it with all his Batmobile gadgets, only to freaking slow, like, you know, jump out and go for the ghost truck where it then disappears. And then Mad Hatter looks like he falls out of the driver's seat as well. Like, was he just sitting in there next to him? Like, his GTA? The the only thing that I enjoyed was when ghost truck disappears and a couple times with, with Batman. It does appear that the DeLorean shows up and starts firing up the, the roads and shit. But even that, he Ghost jumps truck. out to get him. And then you just have what appears to be waves of something going by to show that the ghost truck disappeared. Because Batman, he was going to kick the ghost truck. And he was going to kick the ghost truck. He kick maximum overdrive. Mad Hatter falls out of the, out of the driver's seat of the Batmobile with a cleaver. <laughs> This is the best story ever. He grabs Mad Hatter, who I don't even know what he looks like, and he's like, "But it I turns was right. out the, the license plate that Batman gave Alfred, he traced that. He was killed <laughs> in the wreck of the like of the truck that a year ago." He's like, "You're wrong again. Sorry, sir. Sorry. This is you know." Tell him Large Marge sent you without any bit of fun. Dude, I spent so much time trying to think of a Large Marge sent you. I know. Like, tagline for my written review of this. Just because, like, that is what stood out to me. Out of all these stories where there are, like, this is not a good story, but for some reason, all I could think of is Large Marge sent you because of a ghost truck. I swear to God, if you're going to play that, and and maybe they're not aware of that, I would hope they would be, when you end up having (laughs) having Manhattan crap, and even that, I was right about you, for one thing, you were nearby. Two things, actually. Two, my invention. Remember the multiple gear settings? Because that was where Batman threw shade at Alfred because the bike was multi-geared. But I wish that Batman grabbed Manhattan and said, what's going on here? And he's like, 
Large March sent me? I don't know. It would have been funny. Well, look at There's what I ended up funny with, here. with my tagline. I'm actually disappointed because <laughs> I forgot what it was. It was like, don't say gentlemen ghost five times into the mirror. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, just should have been. Apparently, I did not come up with a good Large March one. How about this? Ghost truck? Ghost fuck? Because uh, then the ghost truck goes by and lays on the horn <laughs> like there's kids on the side. And, and it goes, actually, Mad Hatter's doing that little, like, pull motion. <laughs> Here's the thing of this. I'm rich, bitch. The truck. You would have thought the truck would have helped. That something in the story Why would you, you think that the truck's going to help? Because if it's going to come back. the truck back, really help? If the well, if if it wasn't for laugh, the ghost truck, man, if it wasn't for ghost Batman. truck, I would have laughed. I mean, yeah, I guess he was in the backseat. And Batman, that's the thing him. is, you better watch out. There's a new Ooh. vigilante in town. It's called Ghost Truck. <laughs> ghost Truck. I, I also like that there's like when Batman goes with the deal, I, I, if I remember, like there's too much of an explanation. The truck, the license plate, but it goes by. No, when you have the ghost truck, though, you often think that it's like you think it's bad. But then the ghost truck saves the day. I don't know why the ghost truck goes by in a victory lap to honk if it wants to kill Batman like it was trying to. Except Jim, that maybe Jim. it did. Maybe it was trying to get Batman out maybe of the Batmobile to save haunting, him. Maybe it's a haunting, Jim. It has to continue on with its path well, no it matter does, what. Dude. Why doesn't it just smash into Batman then and kill him dead? Uh, the ghost it's truck. The ghost truck. The ghost truck learn. I guess the ghost. I mean, new Knight Rider. Ghost I truck. think that if the author came and talked uh-huh. to us, I think that the, I think the author would say that legitimately the ghost truck did save the day. Like you said, Batman got out of the Batmobile so that you know, first off, Mad Hatter in the back seat with a cleat. How did he get there? I don't and know. The idea, little Mad Hatter. It's like Batman's not going to look in the rearview mirror and see that fucking hat. And uh, but he saved him. The ghost truck saved the day. Good for you, uh, ghost truck. It's so bad. This is where I'm saying the idea where it's like, uh, you know, hey, uh, that guy was killed in a wreck and the truck was a total loss. Now, Batman, like a dick. You're wrong somebody, again. Somebody, somebody lost their life, right? And, and Who we never thought they them? were bad. And he's like, apparently it wasn't a total loss. I want there to be one because of those weird tickers in the, in the freaking center of town where it's just ticking off the amount of people that die every second in that Gotham. That would be good. No, what you should have is as you go into Gotham, like they have there. It is this many days since a senseless, awful murder. It's always at zero. <laughs> they they better go by minutes because it's, there's always something there. Uh, I guess it's like going to be like one of those things where the cigarette, how many people a second the cigarettes kill and it's always ticking. I'm like, that's the same with murdering Gotham. I'm telling you, when I was delivering stuff at my one job, I'd go to factories a lot and things like that. And you'd see the this many days since the last accident. And it really would make you get there, and it's like one day, like, oh my god, what happened? Oh, no, what happened yesterday? <laughs> Sometimes it's zero, and I see the ambulance going away. Uh, but yeah, when you pull out of the story, I never uh, pull out. Uh, Damien, yeah, that's your problem. Damien, like, I'd be like, it's your problem. What the fuck was that? Like, what was that story? Go Thank you, Damien. Truck. You might be the son of the world's greatest detective, but you suck at telling fucking scary stories. Just get this, guys. Batman, he's good, right? And then there's Ghost Truck, the end. And I, I thought that he didn't truck with superstition. Mm, that's a fail. Or strange Honestly, things that Honestly, I've, I've, okay. I've heard you say the same kind of thing. Hey, I'm not a rightist. <laughs> I'm sitting but here. These, these are teenage kids in the woods. I would just come out and I'd go. They'd be like, hey, Jim, did you like him? What the truck? Like something like that. And that'd be funny, right? All through this, you do end Damien, up having. I thought I told you not to put on your brake retarders. Uh, yeah, hey, you're a little bit brake retarded. Huh? Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, box truck. 
you end I'm up gonna where stab you with this jackknife through all of this. That's pretty good. You have Roundhouse. He's scared of everything. I mean, this kid. Roundhouse he, is he great. He doesn't want to hear stories. You don't want to tell stories. You don't even, he's pissed off. There's no fucking s'mores going Wouldn't on here. Wouldn't it be better, though, if they were good stories? I mean, really, and scary stories. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every Looking for a star screen or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Ghost truck. Uh-uh. Well, that's just Eric Shay. That is just Eric Shay, and I'm hoping we have two books here that will lighten up my mood, Eric. I need so some pick me up. I don't know. My mood's okay. <laughs> I just don't like the. And every time we get done that last section, I do want to tell everybody that you ended up looking, and I did as well, but you had confirmed that the Arkham City deal is a six issue mint. The World so of Order? Arkham yeah, City? World of Order. I'll never know the name, but it is six issues. So there. There you have it. Six issues. Or at least that. it was with that preview cover that I saw. Yeah, you saw a preview. I looked up two things. One said it was four, but I think they were only going with the idea that four had been solicited so far and then whatever. But six issues. It is, Eric. Correct. But we're not here for that. We're here to talk about something that was ten issues in a section, though, that I'd like to call crushing the green is what I call. See, it's, the green. Picking, it's picking up my spirits already. Truck. Uh-uh. I, I just ended up by the end of that section. I get that. And I'm like, oh, man. What, it always hits me, too. I'm like, why can't I fake the funk? Why, why can't I just be like, man, this is awesome. This book is for me, baby. And it just doesn't happen. And then afterwards, I, you know, hindsight, Eric, is what they say. With you, that's 10-8, I think. Nah, I'm I only like, have hiney sight. Yeah, well, you do. That's why you're rubbernecking and you cancel. Is what ends up happening there. Why am I canceling? Can't look. Staring. No, it's not the. That's look, not the time. Very well. I gotta get really close. Here, you're not allowed to do that. It must be endless staircase. Got, it must be. I gotta squint. Gotta get really close. That is what I like to call wrong Shay. Must be endless staircase. Yep, wrong Shay. I'm gonna make a ton of those now. Now I'm inspired, Eric. Ah, uh, but here we go. We have, like I said, it's the crushing the green section. You have Heine sight. We ended up verifying that. And in a crazy deal, the Swamp Thing book is easily the most enjoyable one for me in this podcast. I just want a spoiler alert here, Eric. I uh, like this a little more. But is it a matter of being tallest guy in the circus? Don't know what that means. It, that's the guy who runs around the stilts. That asshole. I don't like that guy. You know what that guy? He what probably gets pissed. Well, he probably gets pissed because by the end of the day, he wants you to just calm down, right? But they're always making him change the light bulbs and shit. And he's like, listen, guys, I'm off right now. But he, in my mind, those aren't really stilts. They're part, they've been fused to his legs. So he can't really change them. And he ends up also sleeping in a pile of hay. I don't know why, but that's what he does. Also, woodpeckers are always going at his legs and he's pissed there. What are we talking about? What are we doing here? I, I wish I knew, but I, I'm going to talk about Swamp Thing number eight, written by Ram V with art by Mike Perkins, Mike Spicer, and Dia Bittacar. It's Swamp Thing versus Chemo, and then Swamp Thing versus a green empowered parasite, but thankfully our battle takes a break in order to fill us in more on Levi Kamei's origins and how his brother Jacob seems to be jealous that the green picked Levi over him, but was still able to take some of the power of the green for himself, becoming Hedera. I guess that's enough backstory for one issue, though. And then this issue ends with Swamp Thing versus Peacemaker. Yeah, there's action here. 
Now, the action kind of gets settled down a bit, or maybe puts brakes on it, points because Ram V really does like to over-narrate at times. Like, I think that, and it's not as bad here, and I do like this issue, but there are times, like, Parasite shows up, and instead of saying, oh, shit, Parasite, let's fight, it's like this long journey. He sees him coming from across the glade. It almost feels like at points it's like penthouse letters done a little more flowery, right? You know what I'm saying? The creature attacks, grasping thorns, rend and pierce. I can sense the same power of the green flowing through it, yet not of its own will. Consumed and metabolized to to a terrible purpose. I see why they hunt me now. This is what they would do to me. The thing is, I'm like, just tell me more about the parasite having green powers, because that shit's amazing. I want to know more about that. Isn't that almost the version of, hey, dear penthouse letters, I never thought these things really happened, but you'll never guess when I delivered that pepperoni pizza. The mature lady opened the door. She looked at me with a craving love in her mind. And said, can I pay you in pot? And I said, yes. (laughs) It wasn't for the pizza itself. It was more for the Italian sausage. Did I tell you that I I am Italian? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. And what what I want to know is how much was that damn pizza? That's all I'm wondering about. But yeah, you you end up where in a book where it's set up to be like an action-packed deal, you do end up slamming the brakes on it a bit with this narration going on. Now, with that, I feel bad a bit for Ram V. He ends up having a book that a lot of people like. It hasn't really hit as well with me and you. Uh, But really, we just want to know info by the end. We want to know about Levi. We want to know about his brother, things like that. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a tie-in book to the Suicide Squad book. And so he ends up, I give him credit. And he did this, I think, in Catwoman. With the whole fear state as well He doesn't change his game up uh, You know too much because it's his game This is my book I'm going to do it So when you do have a parasite come in And it looks like holy crap Parasite has green the power of the green How did this happen It's it's crazy And and what would this do or whatever But it's it's just this flowery narration I want to know more about the idea Where the parasite just leans down Starts eating grass until he's powered up by the green Yeah because you were wondering what was going on crazy to me but when he's coming out he's got freaking like root thorns and mushrooms coming off his leg and he seems to be a powerhouse that's involved the green and i'm like i need to know more even to the point where ram v decides that uh, joshua allen our current like uh, from the new 52 to our current that we the parasite we have using that's not this parasite anymore we're going back to rudy jones which is weird and a re- and a revised like origin of Ru- like you know rudy but still giving you you know the dark side connection and stuff like that because when swamp thing is battling the parasite because they're both involved with the green, they're able to pierce and see each other's origin. So we get to see, you know, glimpses of Rudy's or like like origin, but also we get to see Levi Kamei's origin for where his mother and father indoctrinated him into like this idea where they were like um they were pretty much made to be these things as a child that one day the heritage of their land would pass to one of them. And it chose Levi, even though his brother Jacob was more about the Indian heritage and thought that Jacob kind of, I mean, uh, Levi kind of screwed his family over, but then the green chose him and he's doing like some weird counter spells to the point where like, now I'm Hedera. I have a part of the green as well. And I think that they chose poorly with you, you know, the parliaments. Yeah. Now with that going on, it made me laugh because the idea where, and we kind of seen it before, but the idea there's Levi. And oh my God, now that I've seen your background there, Parasite, how about mine? I'm like, is this Batman and Ghostmaker again? I mean, are all these things up the mind. 
And you get the it's, info. It's a way for us to get the info, and that's, and that's all what I I'm cared saying. about. This is what I think Levi is – or not Levi, Ram V is trying to do. He's like, listen, I got to deal with this, but I'm going to use it, and I'll force and fudge some things away to do it. And it's okay. We get and some information that we need. It's funny to me, too, in my it. mind. It's like, you know, even though it's been Joshua Allen, no one's come out and said that, but it was like a redo for the Parasite during the New 52. And I'm like, oh, I always liked Rudy Jones' Parasite. So pretty much him saying, like – Yep, this is Rudy Jones. You could tell this is like here. Here's a little bit of a, like a flashback of like real quick for his history. This is Rudy Jones, and here you go. We're moving on. I'm like, well, Ravi wanted to use Rudy. I'm cool with that yeah, too. I, and you can now. I mean, everything matters. You can pick and choose. Everything's being you know brought out. What I love is just the idea that you want to get that connection with Darkseid. So you just get an ominous looking Darkseid there. <laughs> He's just posing well, the it up. Like the idea, like I think it was Darkseid went and created the parasite to go up against Superman. So he like uh, screwed Rudy over and make him become this parasite to take on. So, so that is essentially his, you know, origins from before. So that's what you have here. Like here's a little still of Darkseid. Here's Rudy and some toxic waste. And here's Rudy taking on, you know, the Superman as a parasite. And when that is all said and done, there might be you and three other people that actually are like, oh my God, they're going back to Rudy. Like, well, that's the thing is that there's like, Three parasites in continuity now, and I still think the best version of any parasite that we've ever seen is the Superman animated series, Rudy Jones Parasite, and I just wish he was more like that because I love that parasite, and I like the parasite in general. I wonder, is it because this, you know, the the jungle there, and it's... like the idea that he's just eating the grass. Next thing he's got powers of the green. He's I'm like, lawnmower, man. I mean, this really could, you know, up the ante with Rudy. He could go and eat a lot of different things and become a lot. Well, that's but- the thing. It's such a weird idea because all he essentially does now, for in my mind, is being more floronic, man, for how he's acquiring his power. Because Woodrow would eat pieces of Swamp Thing to gain the power of the green and become the floronic man. So the idea is like, well, fuck, I'm a parasite. I'm going to eat me some green. Yeah. Now with that, then you play up. You know, Levi's brother, Jacob, as almost his Florida. No more Jacob. You know what I mean? Well, Hedera now. But even so, you almost play him up. As a side, oh, the green, they they didn't go with me. You know, it's very similar. Well, it is funny because that's the thing is throughout reading this, when you got the whole idea, even though you have like the root weird antlers that Jacob has now grown since he's, his connection to the green is there. I just saw him as, OK, you're going to be, you know, Levi's Florotic man. Yeah, that's and cool that's, too. that's what you would always get. Now, you, again, you can say that is kind of cliche, but that's what we expect. You expect you have if you're going to have something where, you know, just say Jace Batman, right? You're going to wait to find out who his Joker is. I mean, that's there's things that are tropes oh, for these compa- books. Yeah, and exactly. Things. And the thing is, I so, look forward to those tropes. Oh, yeah, and and then, but like, that's what's comparable. Think. And immediately when I heard, you know, once we realized, OK, Jacob is this. Oh, then he's going to be. The and it's so funny to me, man. too, because the idea for all of our deals going through the story so far, we have been crying this entire time, wanting to know. What kind of black magic voodoo did Jacob do in order to freaking cast this curse upon his brother? And it really just seems he didn't do a goddamn thing. He's honestly just pissed off that his brother was chosen for what he thinks is his natural born birthright and is doing whatever he can to make sure that he has as as much power as he can, even though it's less than what Levi got. Yeah, again... It, it, that's kind of the thing that happens a lot. It seems now, like he's doing more of the magic for himself. Like, we thought that he's casting a curse on Levi for what he did to the land or causing his father to die. Like, we had a bunch of ideas of, like, because we don't know why Levi's the Swamp Thing, but then out of nowhere, all the stuff that we see him doing, this black magic stuff, it is only for him to have the power himself. I'm like, well, that's kind of a cool swerve, but, like, here we are, two issues left after this one. I'm like, we just got this kind of backstory of why, and all it is is, yeah, no matter what, Levi was going to be the Swamp Thing because they were like, his mother was like a, a witch and then they like 
What's this going? You know, we were both anointed, anointed as children. We are meant to guard the old ways, the forest, the secret within. He should have stopped you right at the beginning because, you know, Jacob thinks, you know, you're not worthy of the shit. You left our family. It's weird, our though. Home. He's saying that, like, he should have known when they were, like, 12 yeah. or, you know, 8. It seemed a little odd. He, I think well, even that gallows. flashback we had before of when they, his father used to take him into, the like, the, the jungle and stuff like that, he didn't seem as enthused as Jacob. But that was probably why his dad would have picked him or why the Green would pick. It's the idea of which one would be better it's just funny that even it's his mother idea. seems to be the thing out of nowhere like oh yeah our mother was a witch and she annoyed us as children i'm like why did you bring up the mother out of nowhere it's the first i've heard of a mother well and the way that this played out i i know that at one point i think he was talking to her uh on the phone or something about the dad but even so with this i kind of got the idea because they kept saying you know the dad but there was all the elders like I kind of yeah. got the idea that every family does this with their kids, and this is something they all do. It just happened that they were the ones that got picked or whatever. Uh, but it's not really well spelled out. Now, with that, I'm going, I'm thinking, man, Parasite's got all that green power. Like, why isn't Jacob going and just, you know, kind of getting him and doing something with him and whatnot? Uh, but as you go on, my thought originally was that Jacob was always going to be the bad guy and that he was the one who cursed the. The, the whole India, the whole jungle that they're there, and then the green needed to get, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Like well, you even said, that, it seems because like the stuff that we're talking about in the background, which I honestly keep forgetting, and I didn't even think about until we're talking right now, the green and the contagion that's inside the green that's contaminating everything, and we don't know why it's going on. Is it because is it because Jacob took this power for himself and it's not right and he's actually entered the green unlike you know unwelcomed and like a part of his humanity is actually poisoning the green itself? I don't know because we're not dealing with it. Well, and then you're going to go and this whole story again, the, the story just ends up, you know, we had it meander, meander. And this is the thing Ram Diaz said, I keep bringing it up on Twitter. He said that he would rather tell a long form 80 issue one story than a tight 10 issues or a tight six he likes to really do things into six, him huh? well yeah really <laughs> seriously a tight four with you you end up with the idea that you know he does like to get a little sidetracked he likes little one shots he he said even in issues he likes to have eight pages that really don't mean anything except for those eight pages that'll never be referenced Check again but it's something it's pros. something cool right like he does that and but he went into this is not a series that they're like, OK, it's an ongoing. Oh, no, we're going to make it. A, this was a 10 issue deal. You could only think that with that, he was even told that you're going to have to deal with the Suicide Squad stuff. Maybe that came a little bit into it. But still, why did he wait this long? Now, he has gone on to announce that there will be a, quote, season two. Don't call at it a season. some point. He did. And I don't know if this is one of those. It obviously, it hasn't been confirmed or anything like this. Is he throwing it out there to try to play Bendis where people, oh, man, that's awesome. And then DC sees it. But oh, yeah, Tom King's going to be on 101 issues. Yeah, exactly. So, it, you know, but I, I haven't he seen Ram V. That. I haven't seen Ram V end up like playing that game. So it must have been something that he's going to be able to continue. That's fine. But boy, when you get to this issue and even this issue isn't perfect, right? But when you get a little bit, it, it shows you that Ram V has some ideas that, holy crap, that would be neat. The whole thing with Jacob and the thing of when they were born and they were little kids and they were anointed by their witch mother. Was she a witch priest? I don't know, Eric. I'm no. not here to judge. But She's you not. end up with all that. And then when you get to the point where, 
They're going through who's the real villain. Oh my God, it's Prescott Industries. Turns out it's man. Yeah, and but oh, there's only thing. two it's issues such, left. It's and so funny too that you have this idea where Swamp Thing does go off because he has to stop this machine that's poisoning the land. Because in order the Swamp the, the Suicide Squad goes and brings a machine that you know, makes it so that like uh, Levi isn't as powerful as he should be. That goes like saturates the land and like kind of disconnects it from the green a little bit. It's like. Oh my God, I got to go stop this thing. Oh my God, it says Prescott on it. My employer is working with Argus and the Suicide Squad to take me down. What does this mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and but the reader is like, you finally getting back to this? Like, we knew this. The issue one, you said that this well, Prescott that is idea. involved in crazy you, shit. You have the Prescott, like, you know, Mr. Prescott, when he had the, he, I see he bought the Sunderland Corporation and he had the Sunderland files and the freaking, like, uh, and Alec Holland files and learned all about this and has been this gigantic setup of sending Levi to like India. But now that I know that he was always supposed to be a swamp, like I, I don't feel like this was a setup by Prescott. And it just seems like it's a weird coincidence that it happened to happen while he was over here at this point in time. But then you have the deal like at the end, you know, hey, Mr. Pilgrim. Yeah, hey, what are we gonna do now? Get Jennifer Reese quietly and like, oh, we're gonna it's get like, that Jennifer Reese, you thought, remember Levi's kind of girlfriend, right? Kind of get girlfriend. Her. That we thought wasn't involved, but then we thought was involved, but then disappeared. You know her, and and here's what, what happens I mean, when you go to the green for two issues. And you lose here's your mind the weird a little bit. thing: like you end up having a lot of things going on at DC, and th- this is going to sound like I'm really throwing shade at Ram V. I'm not, because in this issue, with the things that are revealed and things like that, I, I do think that there is a really cool story here. You know, you have to get through the vines, Eric. You got to get through the weeds here. But I can't see the forest of the trees, Jim. Like, where is the idea that, in my mind, he's not able to have an editor come and say, let's tighten this up, let's tighten this? Like, what has Ramby really done that he is that elevated where we would say, like, a Brian Michael Bendis? It's obviously that, in my mind, over at DC, the editors are just kind of sitting there with their thumbs up their ass and letting people go hog wild. Tighten the story up just a little bit. And get it more focused on things to get the reader involved, like the backstory of our main character. I know that's crazy, but also his brother, also reminding us of Jennifer and things like that. I think that this could have been a really tight six issues. Well, imagine if we just didn't have that thing where we had that thought bomb from 1945 for that issue number five, or even how we're dealing with that weird desert wraith in the first two issues and stuff like that. Like it was supposed to mean something. And then it became a Suicide Squad tie-in book. And I'm like... Do this. Tell me the Levi Kamei's backstory. Do it. Here's the craziest thing, though. Haven't we got more information during the Suicide Squad tie-in than we had all along? We have. Because he ended up, I think, where Ram V's going. And they're like, okay, you're tying in the Suicide Squad. Oh, shit. I need to tell my story. And he has fudged his way into it in weird ways with this. But we're finally getting the information we wanted that we should have gotten in issues two and three. I understand that the first issue, you can play around, get people excited with the wow moments and things like that. But we need to be connected to the main character, which we never have been. Even now, for some odd reason, I don't know. I'm more connected with Jacob. Somehow when Jacob shows up, I'm more in tune with him. Hey, dude, dig my antlers? Sure do. I mean, maybe it is just the idea that it's a different deal. But even him being the one, actually, I think it's the thing of like, you know, hashtag Jacob's right. You know, the humans are the bad guys, not him. And I think that maybe that little hashtag poison Ivy said it first. Yeah, really. But maybe that's why. But for some reason, it's still as well, if Levi's just stumbling. Well, around that's what, because and not he's even an just idiot. stumbling. He's. It's almost like you're watching. You know, 
somebody driving a taxi and it, he's crazy just going to, well, yeah, maybe, but it's like, he's going to get out and just go away then. Like we have, to, I have to be connected to Levi because I'm not so convinced Levi's always going to be our swamp thing anyway. So connect me to him. And you never have, he has never connected me to Levi in his plight and what he's doing and all that. And now at the end of this 10 issues, I'm starting to get, and it's it, that's my luck. I'm going to end up liking these. I'm like, oh, shit, it's over now when I only just started liking it. And But, again, I do like this. I think the art's really good. It's very colorful. Yeah. I mean, it really pops. And oh, the having- green really pops throughout this whole thing. But it's such a weird idea that, like, one of my biggest takeaways of this, like, leading out of the Swamp Thing book and back into the Suicide Squad book, is during this fight with Peacemaker at the end, he's going to take it upon himself to kick a Swamp Thing's ass. Out of nowhere, Levi somehow has the power to dig into the back of his neck without him knowing. Like, it's like magically he just pulls out like Peacemaker's brain bomb and then says, you know, this is what they use to control you. I have taken that power from them. My vines will mimic the electrical impulses of a brainstem. It will show them what they expect to see. I'm like, are you going to do this forever? Because now like Peacemaker just has, doesn't have a brain bomb and he's going to go back and this is going to be the big thing for Suicide Squad. How could this happen anyway? It makes no sense that it happens. It's so fun. But the idea, too, is legitimately that brain bomb has a tracker on it as well that ends mm-hmm. up tracking them. So what is is he going to hold in his I don't pocket? Know. Because then it still can blow up and kill him. I mean, it's in his pocket then. How is he going to mimic rocket. the idea of where he's at? It doesn't make sense to me. And that is, in my mind, they just said, Hey, just come up with a way that you get this out. Levi, who has, brain bomb. Levi oh. who has no idea how to do anything here. He ends up being he able to take a brain bomb that get, gets out a, you know, a thing. This isn't like a, it doesn't, he just rips it out of him and he's Does fine. He, that doesn't even seem like he, like, it seems like he just magically pulls it out, like, without any kind of wound. I don't know the fucking power of the green <laughs> in imagination, man. I never said, what, green in imagination could end up pulling shit out of your brains? I just saw it. Yeah, I, I see. I actually, when he said, "Hey, I realized while I was fighting the parasite, I thought it was parasites brain bomb." Like, hey, you want a souvenir? I noticed this. Then he says, "Keep trophies now." Yeah, just the way he said it, and then I'm like, "Oh shit!" He took his out. Like he says, when parasite had the green flowing through him, I sensed it. It is what they use to control you, isn't it? I thought he was just showing that as an example. Like, is this what they're doing to control you? I'm like, oh shit, it's his. But how is it going to mimic the idea where they're going to track it Couldn't and things it. like that? Well, I don't think it'll ever be explained. It's just to set up the idea that Peacekeeper can now peacemaker. end up Peacemaker. I'm never going to. It's nonsense. He end up where he's still going to do his job. He still wants to, you know, do but what he has to Amanda do. But Waller now Amanda doesn't have control over him in case he wants to go fucking a- AWOL or whatever. You don't think that they wouldn't scan these assholes every time they come back? I don't know what they do. I'm, I'm telling you, I think that they would have to see, especially with some of them that aren't even like it, it's weird to even have a brain bomb in. But I think that if that I was don't know the main if they had thing, the staff for that, because now they're on suit, like, you know, what is it? Task Force X Island. Yeah. Well, they're on that. the run. You see a lot of people, though. They When they were went in, there was a lot of people on that island, it seemed. But, yeah, I would think that they would scan them when they come back just in case they ended up doing something with that bomb or it malfunctioned or whatnot. Plus, it's it's just ridiculous. But that's I didn't even care about that, really. That's more a Suicide Squad stuff that we'll have to go with that. But yeah, by the end, you see that they're going to go get Levi's somewhat girlfriend. Jennifer Reese. Yeah, we'll see what's going on with that. But overall, like I said, I did enjoy seeing stuff with his brother. I thought that that oh, was yeah. pretty cool. It ups and the now ante. We see a villain. Like we... How Jacob works, because we assume, but like I said before, 
that Jacob was the, like the bad guy behind all of this. And he's not. He was just everything we saw him doing was just trying to get his own power because he thinks that Levi is a crappy choice for the green to have. Yeah. And, you know, again, a lot of times with the Floronic Man, what the Floronic Man ends up doing is trying to do things to, hey, look at me, Green. I'm pretty cool. And trying to defeat. Not would, and then also just try to defeat cool. Swamp Thing. If I defeat him, he's like the tallest guy. And that's the idea. Not it's the like, circus in the yard, Eric. You're going to beat that I'm guy not, up now. I'm, you're in I'm charge. not going to defeat you. I'm going to eat you. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. I like this issue enough. I'm giving it a 7.5. What would you give it? I'm giving this a 7 out of 10. Okay. And yeah, I, I was into it uh, more than I have been. Now we're getting to an issue that I, I, I don't even know. I'd love to say that this is an issue that I read and have fun because it is so bad. I really don't have much fun. It's vibrant. The, only, the only thing I can say is I like the art and it's a quick read, but it is Crush and Lobo. Number five, number five of eight, Eric. Who greenlit eight, eight issues? issues. <laughs> Who greenlit eight issues of this? You could do this whole story and be tight and freaking co- cohesive with three. I think a one shot would, would be better, but well, you're th- wrong. You even said uh, all it is is her going after lo- like nothing. Well, even the idea that we talked about last issue, where it's like in order for Crush to go after Lobo, it's the most convoluted, forced way to get her out of prison. Where these robot guards and wardens and stuff like. They don't care about getting Lobo back because their files are fine with the number that you have in your tracker in your arm right now. They don't care. So it's like, I can get him back. Okay, you got 48 hours to do it or you blow up and die. I'm like, why is this even a thing that happens? The number's off then. They and went all with the bookkeeping numbers, but then they skew it to get, get off. to this point where freaking Lobo has a healing factor to where he can dig this thing out of his arm without the robots knowing, then somehow put it into his daughter's arm without her knowing about it, and then leaving, and now it's going to blow up. I just, everything in this book is forced to get to the story Even that they want to tell. You ended up at the beginning where you had the, you know, the threat of Crusher Lobo losing limbs, and they have a healing factor. Sure. And also, with all of that, the story itself has barely got started it is the simplest of stories when you really you know look at it but still how can it kind of make fun of the dc universe with the stuff that you're putting in here how how can a stupid basic story have to have so many times that you have to fudge your way out of situations i i don't understand question love on number five okay again you said shazam a book that we're not loving but that should be bigger and gets less issues than this Written by Mariko Tamaki. The only thing is it's Mariko Tamaki, and they keep going with the idea Eisner Award winner. I feel like Mariko Tamaki is doing everything she can to not tell a story here. Oh, I, I and think that's weird. what I think. I think that Mariko Tamaki wants to do this, and like, I, either she didn't want to, or she's just like, I'm not going to tell the story that people I like want. money. I'm just going to do nothing. I, I don't know. I, I If you look on the comic book roundup, there's a big sore thumb at the bottom of me. Where everybody else is giving it nines. And you go with the square root of that and you gotta figure out mine. There's a spoiler. Mariko Tamaki writing. Art by Amon Kate, Nahapalan, Tamra Bonvillon, and Ariana Mayer. Five issues into Crush and Lobo. We haven't gotten much of Lobo at all, but worse than that is any lack of any sort of Lobo story. We got nothing. Sure, Crush is chasing after her father, which seems simple enough, but Tamaki still has to force things to make it work. If that's not bad enough, she seems to think she's hilarious and fills the book up with lame joke after lame joke. The art continues to be the only thing bearable in the story. And it's a slog of a read that somehow got eight issues to tell a story that should have been a one shot. And so you say three. I say one shot. Also, I end up. At least an oversized one shot. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with like an annual. 
Okay. Put a manual. Would you go with that? Right. I, I saw some other. I saw some reviews, and I, I even thought to myself before we recorded tonight, I'm not going to get all these other reviewers involved here, but I can't help it. I saw the one review. It's like, well, let's well, talk some shit. And they're like, well, let's see what Lobo, you know, has taught his daughter because she only knows what she learned from her father. I'm what? like, really? The father she doesn't know? The basis of this book is because she doesn't know her father and is going after him. She has been face-to-face with Lobo for maybe a hot 45 minutes. And that's including him trying to kill her before. And even in this, Mariko Tamaki, you can't even have a simple freaking start where she goes off and goes, okay, let me get in this ride they gave me and go. No, she has to be extreme, Eric. It's fucking poochy here where she's like, I'm not going to take this card that I don't even see what it is. I can't I even know. get the idea that it's like, oh, she's like, bleh. Like, like this for some reason, what she doesn't pick is like a VW bug no. of space kind of rocket I, I car. I was thinking make it like a minivan, you know, something like that. A minivan with fucking wings like, oh, what am I? Not that. And goes up and then just gets in a hot rod and then legitimately. A hot is, rod. Just the yeah, idea of where it's open, like, okay, open canopy, we then. have a convertible freaking like rocket car right here. Like she's a neutrino from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm like, why can't you do this? And the idea then, okay, I got myself a hot rod space vehicle with the, with the, with the top down. And I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use my tracking ways of finding my dad's thrown out cigars throughout space to find them. And I'm like, fuck me. Why does this have to be a thing? Because what you could do here on top of actually giving some really good like you know, information on Crush and how she actually feels and like you know who the character is because while we've had in Teen Titans, there hasn't been a lot about her that we've talked about, but this is her first time in space. She knows everything about how to deal with anything. There's not like this should almost be a fish out of water story where she doesn't know if she can do with this because this is so much more than she's ever de- dealt with. And she has to dig in deep and find her inner Lobo who deals with the shit all the time. But no, she is amazing at everything and knows everything. She's she like, I think the planet's over there. Like, oh, I have to go over here. She knows where to go in space out of nowhere to these like, you know, c- civilized like civilizations and like to find her father. And I'm like, I don't understand how I, I can't even fucking make it through a city. She's doing this fucking stuff in space, but no problem. With that, you have a, the opportunity. This is the definitive. It could be. This could be the. There's not a lot about Crush. You are establishing the character. She's going off. Now, why couldn't it have been at a point where all of this is involving something to do with Crush and Lobo? You have it on the. You don't get any Lobo. I mean, anybody who went into this thinking that this is cool, finally, I'm a Lobo fan, I'm going to get some Lobo, oh. you might as well just leave, right? Right now, Get a ticket on the damn ghost truck. You say that. <laughs> you, you say that, but the thing is, I'm a Crush fan. I want the I'm get, the Crush I'm getting isn't even the Crush I want. No, though. because you can't have Crush character moments when she's always alone, just trying to find Lobo. And that's even when you had her heading towards this prison. Then she gets there. Lobo dupes her ghost. She's always just there on her own, mad at Lobo, trying to catch him. That doesn't lead. The the better play, in my mind, would have been that they go, just say, Crush goes somehow, and Lobo's like, all right, you're here, and somehow he can use Crush to break out, and now she has to go around with him. If they were together, you could have some real good character moments for both, but you don't. All, all of a sudden instead, it becomes like a pseudo, like, father-daughter, natural-born killers? Yeah, or, you know, you realize, Crush realizes, I mean, what is she going to do? At the end of this, her big thing, in my mind, is... Am I destined to become like my biological father just because, or am or I my own person? Make it, yeah. Or am I my, and so 
the best way would have been to show her with him and so she could see, oh, I'm nothing like him. Or, okay, I have some of the good things. And actually, you could show that Lobo has some good traits, right? He doesn't. But you don't get anything. Hell of a healing factor. You end up with That's just the good things. bad jokes. Hey, you know what, Jim? When she lands on this one planet and there's a king with two heads who uses his magic flute to call up alien space lizards, we find out that space lizards love crush. What, what is that? The Even just look, go from the beginning. She is legitimately, this book is based on ch- chasing and tracking down half-smoked cigars in space because... Mariko Tamaki does not know anything about Lobo, and that's all she could go with. Okay, we're at, imagine the idea of you're chasing uh, the clues of cigars in space, and then just to, I don't know, is it a joke? I ended up going to this one planet with demon babies smoking the cigars, and they're real miserable. And then this planet, it's all blown up. And then in this planet, there's a two-headed uh, you know, king who comes out and he's pissed, but we don't get anything of it. On this planet, we have you know a place that smells like gingerbread cookies, and it's a nice freaking house that looks like the suburbs. And there's a nice, attractive lady here who loves Lobo, considers her his like her sweet little puppy. Huh. I'm even going, but the idea that the big three pages is spent to be this big moment where these kings blow a flute and these lizards are going to eat crush and then they just hey here's another fact one of the facts is space lizards live in space but when you're getting a book that isn't funny or doing anything it's just irritating but oh by the way they love me and then i can threaten these this king and then, and then go they're off all with gonna the jump in my convertible and we're gonna go like palling around through space together you with just my space set lizards. up you set up an action scene that ends up being, you know, pushed aside with a fudged in stat that we didn't know, she didn't know, and oh, by the way, they love me. Uh, must of be, and how Mariko Tamaki does things, even with stuff like the eye worms and the mouth monsters over the detective, the idea of there's no explanation for it. Must be pheromones or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then they go up to this gingerbread house deal. That's funny. This alien lady who is the main squeeze, at least in her mind, of Lobo, or like when she's here off because Lobo's out working. This is This is not even Starlene. This is freaking, you know, Peggy Bundy alien is what she looks like to me. She looks like Katie Seagal completely from the early, like, you know, Married with Children. Yeah, it is. But even then, like, the idea, trying to track down Lobo. What did Lobo do? Oh, he came to our planet. He picked up something and left. Here's where he goes. So she ends up going off. To this where it's one of Lobo's girlfriends Probably many girlfriends he has The idea, again, we don't know Who Crush's mother is We've never dealt with that And now you go with this girlfriend When you could be dealing more with the real Nitty gritty stuff of Crush But she goes in And it's almost like a Pleasantville type deal This alien woman, Peg Bundy Thinks that Lobo's the cat's meow Thinks it's the bee's knees Everything, and then just the idea Where She's like, oh, my God, and they have a big picture of them smooching. They're smooching. And she's like, hey, you want some chocolate? Uh, I need to get me a big cookies. old painting like that. Yeah, really. It'd be funny just to have that painting. And, <laughs> hey, I just no, made it of me. That'd be so great. I'd love that. Or you're kissing Lobo. You no, it's also where, me. Like, I'm yeah. kissing myself in okay. the painting. That, that makes sense. That <laughs> tracks. Just the idea that you end up having this woman. Uh, hey, uh, I managed Julia. Hey, I made chocolate chunky cookies. Oh, man. And then and then you have that narration again, breaking the fourth. This is me eating the delicious cookies, says Crush. And then she says, Julia says, oh, yeah, luckily Lobo came so I could have those. Ch-. I'm like, I'd be spitting that shit out. So What's that's in the thing those? Did Lobo take from that king chocolate chunks to bring to Julia so she could make cookies? But that, yeah, that's what it seems. But with that, 
if Crush was with Lobo and you went through, uh, you know, a quarter of an issue where he's fighting things, beating them up, you know, shooting, rooting, tooting, and then you end up finding out that all he wanted to do was get his girlfriend chocolate chips for cookies, you are actually, in a way, like, okay, Lobo isn't so bad. He just doesn't know how to do things. But also, do we want to think to ourselves that he went and did this because he knew that Crush would end up getting out of jail somehow and also making her way here, so... Did he do this so that Julia would make his daughter cookies? Because that's what she think he thinks that she deserves, or he wants her to have these cookies. I don't cookies. know. Or it's also mind control chips. I don't, I, I don't know. But the thing is, Lobo ends up calling Julia, or vice versa, after Crush supposedly leaves. Says, "I did what you said. I told her, like you know, I didn't know where you were. That's a good girl and stuff like that." But like Crush is listening in through the window this entire time. So I'm like, I lo- it's love weird. The, love the progression too. It's like okay. Bye, uh, Julia. I hope that you come to the fact that Lobo's a piece of crap. All right, I'm going to get my spaceship and leave, but don't don't worry if it stays here and I don't take off and go around and listen in the window because they never take off. But she's there. All right, let me Look, it's one Lobos. of them quiet spaceships. It's not like the space hog that freaking Lobo drives. It's just the idea. You see her not do anything and come walking back like you can actually dupe her without taking off. Oh, yeah, honey. Yeah, she left. She came. You were right. You were smart. Yeah, what'd you do, baby? I didn't tell her anything. That's the girl, baby. I'm telling you, Lobo. Baby. This is the all we're going to get of Lobo, who is, like, at that point, shooting ooze. Like, again, this is all, in a way, you have Crush and Lobo. We're not getting any character work with, with Crush. Now, we will end up, or did end up, oh, my God, you mean that Crush is going to have a flashback and think back at Katie and how their relationship was? <laughs> It's the same thing over and over Look, again. You say that it just makes me angry because I want to take this world seriously because I love the DC universe and I love all the characters in here. But the idea that wherever Crush is, far out in space here, she still has self service and knows that she has twenty missed texts from Katie. Just I'm like, so come she, on, just so she's not going to accept those. Or re- and Lobo, there's nothing to Lobo in this except I'm going to shoot Newsy and but I'm going to punch people and whatnot. Maybe next issue because Crush is on her way to find her father in Space Vegas. Space Vegas. Fuck me. <laughs> is that better or worse than Vegas in hell that we had in Shazam? No, Space Vegas is worse because that's what they say it's called. Space it's Vegas. Like, it's a planet, Space Vegas. Fuck oh, me. Well. Yeah, because you have Lobo. Just, this is just kids coming up with it. I'm going to tell you, this is such a juvenile kind of book to the idea that an adult wrote this thinking that other comic book fans would enjoy it. It's weird to me, but judging off a of comic book roundup, this is one of the best books that DC's uh, putting out right now. Judging by comic book roundup, how about we judge by what's real? And this book sold okay, the first issue, and plummeted. It's one of the worst-selling books at DC right now that those are the things that really matter because there's a lot of nonsense Just when people review these this bullshit. That i love how, how can you read this and actually say that this is you know almost a perfect comic book this issue even not even just the whole series this issue I'm like oh you didn't realize though it's a nine out of ten that they're giving it but it's on the piece of shit scale this is that, almost it is a perfect on the piece, piece of, of shit. shit i'm sitting there i'm like oh let me see i'm gonna read uh alan moore's anatomy lesson in saga swamp thing boy that was good all right look watchman nine number five. Oh my god watchman number books. five pretty good hey you you two books don't mean nothing to the Crush Lobo number. Just imagine that putting it because obviously everybody's going to have a weird scale. There's a the idea, but scale, there exactly. Is. But just like you have these in a row where you freaking read a saga, a Swamp Thing, a Watchman, and then also Crush and Lobo and say making it all a nine out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, you're reading this, and, and again, here's the idea. We do things a little different here. You know, sometimes we do. I, I almost have to have like a back uh, home type talk. <laughs> 
Here at Weird Science, we do things a little different here. Now, when we review a book, we hear the, slam, the screen door slamming yes, in the background. Yes. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We we're don't end either. up. We don't uh, review a book in a way of, oh man, if I enjoy it, it's its own thing. It could be a ten out of ten because I enjoy it. I mean, no, we go through it and like review it in a way of. How does this fit in everything? And, and things do get weird or whatever, but you have to have more than a scale of an 8.5 is your lowest. You get to a 10. Sure. And when you end up reading a book that's just nonsense, I don't even care. If I laugh at one joke, which I didn't, even if it, that doesn't make it a great comic. I mean, when we end up, I just went and said that Swamp Thing we just did is a 7.5. To me, that was a good score for it. It was a little higher than you even gave it. And I'd recommend everybody read that. But no way is this one of the greatest issues I've ever read. And so these this this book is is just complete and utter bullshit. There is nothing to this. It, you don't even get the two characters that you have on the cover and of the name because Lobo is just there as the daddy figure who abandoned her, and then she's you got chick. more of Lobo's freaking three a.m. girlfriend than he did of Lobo. Yeah, and then again he's going and and the big. Lobo moment here is him killing people because he needs to get more cigars because Crush ended up mentioning, I'm not going to be able to find him anymore. It looks like he's out of cigars. Now, you then fudge it where she backtracks and hears, where is he? Oh, he's on Space, Space Vegas. Vegas. Shut up. How, 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 how do you get a book that there's nothing going on and still you have to fudge it? Must you be still have Space to fudge Vegas. It. Must be Space Vegas, even then where you have the, the things from Katie. Oh, yeah, by the way, I have a girlfriend, Katie, who things aren't great with. Even though at this point, it seems like Katie just wants her back or whatever. That's the thing but is, Katie is just waiting for her to like at least text her back. She is like, if Crush wanted it, this relationship is back on as soon as she texts back because Katie is just waiting for things to work themselves out. It feels like, but Crush is like... Does she not have self-service? Because she's not texting her back. She's just all like, man, I'm just like my dad. We're all pieces of shit and people are always going to get hurt in our wake and stuff like that. Katie's like, just text me back. Things are going to be fine. Now, now, then you end up having like panels where at one point the space lizards have now become pieces of shit. and They're, they're, they're freaking crushes posse now. Jim, these space lizards look like what happens to people if they go past warp 10. You know what that means? No. I th- I, do you become a juggalo? I don't no, know why. No, you become a space lizard then. for some uh, reason. Well, there's the idea, too. They're mixing drinks in the back seat. <laughs> What's going on? Then out of nowhere, you get a, a, a message on the, the thing. TikTok, warden. I, 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 I'm telling you, this idea of a clock is not going to end up being anything until the very, very end when there's like five seconds left. She's not even checking. At one point, she's like, hey, I got time to kill. It's just I don't like Katie, though. She's kind of gross to me. She's got three cats laying on her in bed, and the one cat's walking all over her pizza that's just open on the bed as well. Yeah, and eating some it, like, she doesn't want to eat that, the pizza you? anymore because, you know, her she heart's can't broken. share it. Yeah. She, you, oh. you can't fix a heart with pepperoni? No, you can't. I've Says tried. You. I'm going to go on pizza now. Yeah, right. I would like I'm a hungry. pizza. I, I just want to mention, too, at the time when you end up having crushed, like, one thing you don't know about the space lizards, they love me. Then it's like, hey, space lizards, let's go after this two-headed king. The one is putting on a fucking bib. It's just are a cartoon. Gonna, are you going to be serious for one bit? This is suppo- This is something where if we had established characters, 
that you want to have some fun with, that's fine. But Crush needs Jim, a definitive version maybe, of her. Maybe after this story is done and we want to deal with Crush going forward, maybe we could actually get a real writer on who's going to do that. But even then, I'm telling you, space lizards now are her version of the dolphins. Oh, yeah, for, space and dolphins. It, it'll yeah. never end. And it'll always be there. And it'll annoy the shit out of me. Because where it came from. Also, she likes chocolate chip cookies. Who does Chocolate chunk, even though. Chocolate chunk's delicious. Uh, but she's off with her posse. No, I'm saying, why did you have to have that in this? That was a because big part of Because you needed to fill this. a page space. Well, there you go. Also, you know, you're in Space Vegas. You're having a good time, Fuck Lobo. You. He's eating a plate of ribs and barbecue chicken right on, right on the, the playing thing of whatever that is. I don't even know what he's whatever playing. Whatever that is. I see I the say, roulette wheel, but I yeah, don't know what that other is. There's a roulette is. wheel at the end of this other thing. And I'm, I'm going to make funny. I'm like, oh, you don't know what that is? It's not coming to me either. So, uh, yeah, we're not gamblers. It looks like one of those things that you throw the we're bones the on, right? It looks like you're like, hey, come on, snake this eyes. This is called dice, man. You're going to throw the bones. Well, I'm, I'm in the know, right? You're if I'm not going to do that, now. I'm going to go shoot stick. Right? See, I know how they do the pool. The idea where I'm doing it, I'm always I'm like, come smoke on. some pole. Come on, snake eyes. They're like, that's not what you want. But this doesn't seem to be that either. There's just chips. But I guess it's laying doesn't the chips matter. down Space on Vegas. for the roulette. And he's eating ribs and shit. What because, Space you know, Vegas is stupid. This, this is the idea. It's. Crush, this is Mariko Tamaki. Okay, Crush has a girlfriend who she doesn't really know how to connect with, but loves and hopefully can get back. Well, what about Lobo? He's just a fucking slob. That's all he is. He shoots guns and he's a slob. And I can understand that. And uses the ladies. I can understand all of this. Yeah, I can, but. He's a very relatable character to the chase. But with that. We're not getting anything, right? We're, we're really aren't getting much of anything no, here. No, you're not. You're getting goofball fucking shit that's fucking just really annoys me. But the art looks great when they're showing this nonsense. You know, when you what you eat in Space Vegas stays in Space Vegas. What I'm saying is you get diarrhea immediately, Eric, and it stays there. You go to the bathroom. But there you go. She's on her way to Space Vegas with her space lizards eating Posse. Space mixed her, her space lizard entourage. Yeah. Remember too, they have to like point out, but nothing's even. But the idea that she has all the travel mugs and stuff like that actually had something to it. And was it mixed drinks? Or did they just pour her a cup of coffee? I don't know. Look at it. It looks like they're pouring some crazy shit. I don't know what they're pouring into that. She's it looks in the like, rage, Jim. Well, I'm looking at it. It says brew, What's so it the might legal be coffee. drinking age in space. Nothing. They well, Tom King oh, no, is 21. The they're making coffee right there. Space. I, where are they making the coffee in the car? And why are space lizards? They're making the brew. That means the booze. They, got a, you, they the, got a space I'm French press Earth back in here. Ireland. You, you, you give them the whiskey at the bottle, and I don't mean like of the bottle. I'm talking right out of the womb. This is terrible that. stereotyping. I, I know. I think I should be canceled. Also, my mom was from England, didn't really know what a toothbrush is for. I'm not saying that that's, you know, what everybody... No, no, that's not British. Your mother was just an idiot. No, no, scumbag. That's what I was thinking. An idiot. She, my mother, not a smart woman. She wasn't. And you know when they say... Let me say, tell you what she passed on you, to her you, kids. You know when they say at points, like, it is really bad when you realize, when you finally get that realization that your mom or your father aren't as great as you would think, you know, I, I think I had that realization at three and a half. I realized that I was smarter already than my mother, and it really didn't upset me. I thought it was hilarious, Eric, and I knew how to play her like a fiddle. You, you, all you have to do to my mom was go, you know what? I don't think I like you today, 
and she'd be all upset, and you could laugh, right? That's all it is. Isn't There's nothing more kids to, do it. to you and Tanya. Yeah, but they really mean it. I was just trying to play. Well, Rafe, Rafe is it's weird. Logan has all my fears and the crazy stuff I had. As and and now I realize when I would say. I wish there was somebody there to guide me through it. I realize it's more fun to see what's going on and to kind of push it forward too. But Rafe has the manipulation. He does that to Tanya all the time. Tanya's convinced that if she doesn't buy Rafe everything, he's just going to move out. I'm like, please, like, don't buy the next thing. We're going to save so much money. We need some space here. Uh, space Vegas. But I give this a three, and that's all art. Uh, it really is. I hate to go that low on anything like that, but there's nothing to this. It angers me. You, you're pretty much hijacking anybody who really wanted anything with Crusher logo. That's me. You're not giving it that. Yeah, but you're not getting anything. What would Four you give it? Four out of ten, and that's all art of my mind because reading this actually just infuriated me because they just made a joke of everything that I actually cared about. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I give the art a four. The story minus one. That's how I play it. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is the Wonder Woman 80th anniversary super 100 page super spectacular number one. My book of the week is Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing number eight, I believe it was. And yeah, check out both of those. And if you're a Wonder Woman fan and you are. some cool stuff in there. If you're enamored by going through the ages, possibly. I think I gave it a 7, 8 on the thing. I, I thought about it since we've done that. I'm going up to an 8 because of how much I enjoyed the stories that I did enjoy. I believe I gave it a 5.1. I think I you gave, gave it a 6. A, did I? Okay. I, I was being generous. Yeah, I didn't like it much at all. I thought that there was a lot of you know moments that were supposed to be of the ages but done by well, that's not the, thing, the greatest Jim, of writers. Like most things in life, I think it went over your head. <laughs> well, I don't think it did, <laughs> jerk. I, I think I that actually, I just want to make that joke. No, I, I just think that it just wasn't that great. And the the creative teams on there were not anything that screamed out 80th anniversary in my mind. And most of them just kind of went through the motions to give you these generic moments that Eric seemed to think were celebrations, Jim. To. And I didn't find it as a celebration at all. I found it as a little bit down. And just like, hey, remember this Cheetah? Is who, this Here is who she these is. characters are. That this is why you love Wonder Woman and her, like you know, Rose yeah, Gallery. But, but that's the thing. That again, we're going to get the same argument we did on. It's the not thing. doing new things in an anniversary. Super but that's spectacular. the thing. But it was also not doing anything good. And if you want to do that, I'd rather, I rather would have had the best Cheetah Wonder Woman story just from the past in there, and I would have reread it there. And if you wanted to have the Denny O'Neill deal with the spy well, one isn't that get subjective the best, what the best there. is well no i i think that it, you can get something that is known to be one of the best there or go and call some people some people like, involved what and ask them what hey, they Jim think. Warner, what is the best bizarro story ever that we could put somewhere well at one point i would have said christos gauges <laughs> deal but then i did but or maybe with these have a poll where people get to pick the best of all time whatever i know what they're doing there but it ends up being cover versions to me of the greater stories from the past. Nothing new, nothing progressing, nothing even done by the people who did those. And it should have had Gail Simone, Greg Rucka, maybe even Brian as well. They said no. Like all those, but we don't know. We don't even know if they were asked. So uh, we don't know. And with that, I think that Gail Simone would have done it if she was asked, but they didn't go that route. And some of them or were maybe just. Maybe they did. Well, some of them were just pushing uh, writers that are going to be on Wonder Woman books coming up. And Stephanie Phillips, she's on everything now. I mean, you can't escape her on any sort of anthology or thing like that. But with that, they weren't anybody really that I think of as, oh, my God, Wonder Woman. But you liked it. I did not. 
and the Are You Afraid of Dark side. And we had last. But here's what we're going to be talking about next week. Uh, two of these will be on the Patreon only spotlight picked by the badasses that get fresh crew ghost truck. <laughs> and that will be, uh, maybe I, I'd have to talk to you about it. And I didn't talk, I didn't put it on the poll for the spotlight, but if anybody wanted to know, whatever, Batman the Imposter is coming out. Number one, it's a black label bill. We'll see what's going on with that. But Batman Urban Legends sure, well. number eight, I may do a thing with it. I oh, yeah. may actually reveal it. Yeah. Just because a lot of people are looking forward to it. And you know, a lot of these books that we do, like a Crush and Lobo that we just talked about for probably 30 minutes, nobody's reading. So you end up we with are. Batman Urban Legends number eight. I, the, the sales that came in were the only ones. Blue and Gold number three. We also end up having I Am Batman number two. We like that first issue, so I'm looking forward to that. Justice League Last Ride number six, penultimate issue of that. Hopefully things pick up for me. A lot of people love that already, though. We don't talk about it, but just a little shout-out. Strange Adventures number 12 is coming out to end that. And boy, I hear that it's an explosive ending. Superman and the Authority number four. We do talk about that. That's a finale. We'll see how that gets shoved oh into that God, action Oh, my God. Let's say comic. goodbye to Superman for the third time uh, in a completely new yes. way. Ah, uh, yeah. But, but this one with gray hair. The Joker number eight. It looks like we'll get more of. Samson family? No. Vengeance? Vengeance was the end. Remember, she came up and said, your dinner is served, assholes, and started fighting them at that cafe. Uh, Titans United number two. I did not like that first issue. I hope I, I like did. this more. Wonder Woman number 780. And this is supposedly the return of Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman's return to yeah, Earth. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I, would, I would think that we'd have more hype getting into that. Nobody uh, cares. At this point, doesn't seem. And if you're into it, uh, Wonder Woman, The Adventures of Young Diana Special, number one. We were not 20 dealing. years from now when we have the Wonder Woman 100th anniversary super spectacular, people are going to be referencing when Wonder Woman came back to Earth for the first time after a few months after Death Metal. They're they're gonna mimic that and to just show the idea, that to this, show that era she'll just walk into a room and it'll be bullshit and just they'll be the like idea, oh that's though, the that, this is supposed to be something big Wonder Woman dies and like we did nothing with that whole death and like you know ascension after death metal and now she's just back and it's so unceremoniously placed here I'm like why did any of this happen why did we need to have her dead and have Hippolyta on the Justice League and do nothing with the mother of Wonder Woman. No, no. And with that, if you know, 20 years from now, when you do get that other anniversary, whatnot, what's going on, you would probably, of this era, you'd probably either reference a lot heavy on Azarello or Greg Rucka. I wish Those we had somebody two. reference that in the 80th anniversary, Super Spectacular. Yeah, yeah, but I think that that would be this whole deal since need, the new 52 on would be referenced. Was it either. 80s with the little god with the freaking, you know, the candle wax head yeah, freaking yeah. and stuff like that? I want to see some be, more of that shit. That's what we'll get. We'll get a reference of her being the god of war yeah. or it'll be a Greg Rucka lies and truth sort of thing. You <laughs> know, just yell at each other. That's a lie. That's the truth. Uh, yes, Ferdinand. Hey. What are you cooking there, Ferdinand? Nothing but vegetarians here. I don't know why I talk Vegetarians. Like I was going to say veggie sandwich oh, and then Oh, you not mine it. Atar, you. Uh, yes. Don't mine Atar me. Is he like right? a Kitatar? What is it, the freaking the other <laughs> island? Maybe. Yes. Oh, my. Oh, my God. This whole buffet's like a maze. Oh, there, Ferdinand. Somehow you always make your way through, though. Yeah, you do. And then you end no, no, up. You. And, oh, yeah, I do. And just eat my way through. I find out that the, the walls are made of ground beef. I just You're start eating my way. The walls. Oh, just eat it. Right? That's what Crush would do. What would Crush do? 
Ah, yes, but that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to go and see what we're up to, you can go over to our Twitter at WeirdScienceDC. Also, check out our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, and then go over to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash WeirdScience to support us for all this nonsense and also get more, including two of those books that I did talk about where I say it is going to be... Ah... Let me see here. You don't even know what you said anymore. Superman and the Authority and Titans United is what I'm going to say. I know that. Or Titans deal. United and, uh, and what was the other one? I just Superman saw and the Authority seems oh, to Blue be and Gold one three. of those. And Blue and Gold was the other one I was going to say, but I think that they're going to want to see how this convoluted story ends, but only on the spotlight. But yeah, Titans United probably so I can just lose my mind. I hope I like it. I hope I like it more than that first one, but that's you don't that. like anything. Well, ever. I didn't like that because it was pretty generic. Uh, but hopefully it, uh, you know, does something a little more. Maybe we find out about these powers and how they're being sucked out of people. And, and, and what's up with Kite Man? And what's up with Kite Man having the powers and the what powers? Kite Man and the Hawk and Doves. The Hawk and Doves. And all that. Oh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but with that, that is it. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Canceled is what Eric should be. He said all the team knows are as fiery as me, oh, and if Eric gets canceled, then you know why, Eric should be canceled, let's all wave him goodbye. man I've ever seen If you want some more proof listen to episode 19 Oh and he didn't apologize no If Eric gets cancelled I won't